Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. This is the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN. Good morning. Welcome in. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. That's Jamie Rivers. He was a former Blues superstar. That's Alex Ferrario. He hosted the show on Friday. We appreciate him for doing so. I'm Brandon Kylie. How was your 4th of July, gentlemen? Uh, well, they tell me it was good. <laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember it. Of course. I'm a, I'm a professional, BK. Please. <laughs> Apparently, it was a lot of fun. He was cleansing I those I need kidneys. whatever just came out of Jamie Rivers' mouth <laughs> as a drop moving forward. That, yeah, yep. yeah. Whatever yeah. that beginning was, we yeah. need that for the show moving forward. Yeah. Gonna have it. Ferrario, how was your fourth, man? Uh, it was good. It was the ultimate American 4th of July. I cut the grass in the morning. There um, we go. You know, had some. You did the grass? I did the grass. And it's our wow. new house, so it's. Oh, the new house. Bigger backyard. Baptism. Yeah, it was a baptism. Okay. Yeah. And let me tell you something. A bigger backyard with a push lawnmower, not going to happen. Bigger backyard, more push. We know that. Amen to that, brother. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) But you know what? I had some I had some seltzer. Which BK decided to point that. out, which was phenomenal. Oh, it was a, the Bud Light seltzer, yeah, right? right? It was lemonade, too, was right? Lemonade flavor. So they got a variety pack with Bud Light, which I didn't know. Some orange, some lime, and some lemonade. Let me tell you something, boys. Power ranking style, lime, lemonade, then orange. See, the wow. lime on the Trulies? I'm, no, it, it, no, that's not good. Okay, guys, lime let's reel it in here. We're not yeah. having the seltzer talk again. Okay. Right. Well, you haven't tested the waters yet, Rips? No, I actually, I was looking to try and do so on the weekend, and my wife even said, hey, let's get at least a little video of you to your first sip of the seltzer. But nobody had seltzer at the party. Of course not. And then I barbecued, which they didn't. Speaking of barbecue. Yeah, damn uh, right. This is still shady. Yeah, I still call BS on this. What is going on here? If you're just catching on right now, BK has said for a number of days now that the fact that he lives at his girlfriend's parents' house in the basement and that his future father-in-law owns and mans the grills. One day he shot us pictures of the grill and then of the finished product, not of him cooking. True. And then this weekend, we did get an upgrade. We got a small, a short film, we'll call it. Of BK grilling, but there's still to me, I have to find out was Keith actually in town? So 
A clarification on this. Okay. Oh, here we go. I do it. Town is was he maybe generous? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was not in. I we're, we live in Hazelwood. Um, he was not in Hazelwood at the time of okay. me grilling. How far away was he? O'Fallon. Did you have the GPS set so that you oh, knew yeah. by the time you got home that grill yeah. better be cool? Uh, Might have been a solid forty-five minutes away. There was a tracker, so as soon as his phone got an alert that Keith's fifteen minutes away, Kara, Kara, <laughs> sit back down, sit back down. So you know how the Traegers have like the ability to do everything on your phone, basically. I was basically that like that with Keith. Okay. Like, okay, where is he at at any given moment, and how much time do I need to make sure that this grill is not being operated when he returns? Has he found out yet that you put a GPS device on his car? Nope. We okay. don't need to mention that. Okay, sorry this about is, that. This is not being broadcast anywhere. Uh, I'm sure we'll we're good. We'll have to dump that Ferrari. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dump? All right. Yeah. Dump. No. Okay. I gotta be honest though. The grill that I had, the chicken. We did squash and zucchini. We did bell peppers. We did onions. We did corn on the cob that I immediately cut off the cob, I saw of that course. Too. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic, boys. So I, you did tweet out these pictures, okay? Looks damn good. It, it looked spectacular. I'm not going to lie. It looked really good. Now, again, though, you know, we're calling into question whether Keith was actually around. That's one thing, okay? The other side note is one of the people who follows you on Twitter kind of said you're in an aluminum pan that's not grilling. Okay, that's true. So, so if you're 65780, the air comfort service text line, if you're putting the food in an aluminum pan on the grill, is it actually grilling? Completely agree for what it's worth. Um, that was the zucchini and the squash. Not really an easy way to do that flat on the grill. Everything else was on the grill itself. Ooh, again, we don't have proof of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did not see the chicken actually on the grill. I mean, we like, just you saw you standing in front of it. Okay. Even your video was just you standing in front yeah, of it. It actually wasn't yeah. like spatula to the like, grill. It was like celebrating with somebody else's grill. I think our listeners deserve, BK, from start to finish, video of you lighting right, the grill. Listen. We'll make it happen. I will we get didn't this get a done. challenge either. Remember the challenge yeah. was issued? Yeah, he wasn't available. We'll, we'll, oh, well, we'll, I'll get see that. There. Oh, he wasn't available. That. Why? Because he was out of yeah. town. I told oh, you that yeah. already. Yeah. It's 11.05. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. All right, speaking of grilling, one thing you throw on the grills typically of course a hot dog over the weekend jamie rivers and alex ferrario i saw the single greatest sporting achievement <laughs> i have ever seen in my life debatable no, no it's I not up know. for debate Actually, uh, i i'm with them on this one really yeah oh yeah let's listen to the play-by-play because this was unbelievable on espn radio some things change some remain the same Seventy-five. Seventy-five. And that you would hear. be a record. George Shea, the unofficial seventy-five hot dogs and buzz. Joey Chestnut, your thirteen-time now. Just Nathan's famous champion. Seventy-five hot dogs in ten minutes with no crowd. Well, that's the biggest that's the thing. Part. Is they oh, usually, damn. usually, Alex, you can feed. Off the audience. Ah, God, see, I know what you did there. <laughs> and it was phenomenal, Jamie Rivers. He didn't catch it yet. He's still waiting. I oh, said you could feed off me. the crowd. But, anyways, yeah, back to the topic at hand here. The fact <laughs> there was nobody there to watch or to cheer or anything, it is incredible. And to stuff down 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Oh, my God. That's you impressive. can play baseball with no crowd. You can play hockey with no crowd. You can play <laughs> football with no crowd. You can definitely play, definitely play golf with no crowd. 
eating 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes with no crowd. That's the greatest sporting achievement I've ever seen in my life. And there is no close second. No close second. Did you see the video of him at the end? I mean, he was pushing through it in a way that he's basically the Michael Jordan of of eating. Well, we had him on a long time ago, if you can remember. And that's what he said is somewhere in that competition. There's a mental speed bump that you've got to get over. And some guys or some competitors can't. And you could see it on his face that he was pushing through. Hang on. Can we just acknowledge what BK said a moment ago? He is the who of competitive eating? Oh, Michael Jordan. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't say he's the LeBron. That's right. I've never claimed that anybody else is the most competitive lunatic in the history of the world. That is is Michael Jordan. He gets to be put up on that pedestal. All I heard was champion. I did, too. That's all I heard. The best. Yeah, basically. The best. The best. (laughs) Never once did I say that. But Joey Chestnut, what he was able to accomplish over the weekend, Jamie. I mean, first of all, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Amen to that. Watching every second of it was was yeah. just How gross. How do you think that comes out? Exactly A the way lot, it goes right? in. Mushy. Like, do you just spend the next day on the throne oh, yeah. the whole time? Bryson DeShimbo versus Joey Chestnut, who had the worst weekend. Uh, what do you mean worst? Worst meaning coming out? Yeah. Jay, oh yeah. After yeah, the yeah. Fact. Joey oh, Chestnut. I think Joey Chestnut. Like you're you're like you ever seen a trash compactor? Like when you put yeah. it in and it's just like all smushed in yeah. it. Like oh, that's a rapid fill up. As fast as it went in, that's how fast it came out. <laughs> and all it's in one clump. Up quickly yeah. in turn three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mushy the water with oh yeah. yeah. Did you see the female division over the weekend, by the way? I did not, unfortunately. So I apologize. I I don't have the woman's name in front of me, but I, I saw pictures of it. A little uncomfortable. She ate 45 hot dogs, and in second place, the woman had like 15. It was like she was lapping the field multiple times. Is it Mickey Sudo? That's the one. Oh, he it just was... Googled it. Don't act like you knew Ferrari. Oh are you kidding me? Of course that I Googled a genius. that. Look at this guy. I don't know anything on top of competitive hot dog eating. It was incredible. She was eating. It, it was like, um, you know how when you see like a race between like, if you were to see a, like a professional sprinter versus like one of us, right? Average Joe's. If you did like a lap around um, the track, we would need like a full 200 meter sprint head start to be able to finish <laughs> ahead like of them. That, that mascot in Atlanta, Mr. Freeze, they <laughs> yeah, call yeah, him. He like has a person like start 40 yards ahead of him and he, him and he catches him. It was like that. Like she should have started at the five minute mark while everybody else started at the beginning at the at the gun. Yeah. Because she's just that much better than everybody else around her. It was incredible. She got a lot of hot dogs in there. That's what she said. <laughs> Speaking of an incredible person, Sharon, our listener Sharon, 65780, said, uh, BK, if the food you're grilling has no chance of getting grill mark stripes on it, you're not grilling. I've never disagreed with Sharon. Nailed it. Yep. Now, I will say this, that there are some texts that have your back on this. BK, I put my zucchini and squash in aluminum pan. It's really the best way to hold the butter and flavor in. I'm with you on this one. That's the way See, to do it for do the zucchini and the squash. Thanks that's, for the text, Keith. Appreciate you, Mom. Um, <laughs> that's the way to do that. I also, I mean, I did I did the corn on the cob. Again, made sure to cut the co- corn yeah. off of the cob Smart just man. after. That's just made a, a lot little, of extra work, man. Made a little bit of uh, homemade salsa out of it. Oh, look at corn you Corn salsa. We, we did it right over the weekend, like Jamie. That. 
That being said, I agree with what you're saying on the on the squash. I it's didn't not, say anything. I just posed a question to our listeners. But it does make it delightful. Did I say anything negative? I said it looked fantastic. I'm sure it was incredible. I didn't said. say you weren't grilling. The textures are. Yes, you have. You have said a few things negative. It's what we call a loophole, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service tax line to get involved in the show throughout the day. The Rhino Shield mic drop features on the 101 ESPN app, always available for you as well. And I'd love to hear your thoughts right now on baseball because boy. It was a rough weekend for baseball's return. And we'll tell you a little bit of the latest next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Los Angeles Angels yesterday just did not have the testers show up. They were supposed to take tests. They were supposed to have it sent out. Didn't happen. You see incidents like this across baseball, and when Sean Doolittle says we got to clean it up, he's absolutely right because this plan is only as good as the testing. And if there are flaws or errors in the testing, baseball's not going to happen this year. And I think Major League Baseball recognizes that, and I think the players recognize that hold on did he just say that you know the testers never showed up to the angels camp did i hear that correctly jamie yeah you heard that they must have had a really good fourth of july as well (laughs) i mean i'm just saying right like how incredible is that so baseball you've done a magnificent job so far with everything you've done right yeah no they haven't and now you're headed into this phase thank you very much for that you're heading to this phase spring training 2.0 and everybody's getting tested we're gonna be on top of this we are major league baseball we don't need hub cities or bubbles we're gonna be just fine if we can get the testers there damn it that's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. By the way, the voice you heard that was explaining just how terribly this is all gone. That was Jeff Passan earlier today on ESPN's Get Up. So let's give you a quick update as to where we are with baseball and how things have gone over the last 72 hours since we last spoke. The Nationals have yet to receive their tests from Friday. They canceled their camp today. As of late last night, the A's tests were not even shipped yet. They had not been shipped. The amount of time that it takes me... You're saying shipped, right? Say, Thank shipped. you for enunciating that. Yeah. The amount of time that it takes me to get an Amazon package after I've ordered it, it took more time for the A's to ship their tests to where they were supposed to go in Utah. The testers, as you just heard, Amazon. didn't even show up to the Angels camp yesterday. The Astros also don't have their Friday <laughs> results yet, and they have now postponed their camp that they were expected to have today. Well, their test might be in a trash can somewhere. And That's a good pe- point. <laughs> That's well played. <laughs> and people are pissed, including the front office people within these organizations. The National GM, Nationals GM, said, quote, without accurate and timely testing, it is simply not safe for us to continue with summer camp. Major League Baseball needs to work quickly to resolve issues with their process and the lab. Otherwise, summer camp and the 2020 season are both at risk. He was not alone. The A's GM went straight at Major League Baseball with his statement earlier today. Quote, at this point, the the blame lies with CDT and MLB, and I won't cover for them like I did earlier today. Despite having our schedule a week ahead of time, they did not alert us to the possibility of any complications around the July 4th holiday, and once there were issues, they did nothing to communicate that to us or to remedy the situation. If possible, 
I'm actually as frustrated and pissed off as the rest of you are. Well, probably not, but I assure you that the rest of the staff is every bit as disappointed. This is people within the game that are taking direct shots at Major League Baseball as an organization for their incompetence and their ability to administer the tests. Jamie, everything from day one was testing, testing, testing. If you can't get the testing done, none of the rest of it is possible. It was July 4th, though. In three days. This isn't week three where we're like behind and the rest of the country is going, what? No. Maybe they're ironing it's out the wrinkles, day PK. Three. Yeah. I mean, this is the initial process of it all. Like, you got to find what the problems are before yeah. you run into them, you right? Know, you never I, had a soft opening before? Come well, on. That's, that's a different Probably story. not. Yeah. I got to say, though. The 4th of July holiday really did. I can see how that would really creep up on you. You know, it's it's not an annual event. It's not something that happens every year in this country. It's not a national holiday. I totally understand how, as an organization, you were like, oh, wait, these testing centers, they might be off on the 4th of July? Okay, sure. It's probably a tough weekend for them. <laughs> tried to power through. <laughs> I tried to make this. Uh, we're as bad as Major League Baseball today, yeah, I'll tell you that I think much. Fourth of July might have carried over for Ribs and I a little oh bit to my Monday. Goodness. Um, but no, to your point. What the hell, man? To your point. Okay, listen. I'm this talking is, about baseball, not you. I understand <laughs> that. And I'm okay with it either way. Now, to your point, Major League Baseball yeah, they had time to prepare for this. They should have. They should have been organized at this point. Like, but I get the feeling, guys, and Major League Baseball is not the only one. I get the feeling that NHL at the NFL right now is yeah. getting a little scared because. Everything that's going on, it's brand new territory. Like, they really don't know how to navigate right. this. So now they're having punctuality problems for testing, and then the, the rapid results, they're not getting them on time, so they're having to slow everything down. We're seeing results in the NHL that now guys are coming back. They're testing positive. They're having to set back some of their training. The NFL sitting there going, wow, we haven't even really planned for this because we thought right. it was really gone. Right. We thought there was no more COVID, and we had planned to, we already sold 30,000 tickets yeah. for our home opener. We've already promised that fans are going to be in the stands. Yeah, and so everybody's kind of navigating this. So, yes, bad on Major League Baseball for sure and frustrating for the teams, but it's not like anybody's really been through this before. So I'm going to give them a slight pass. If by the end of this week or midweek they haven't figured it out, No, they don't get a pass. No, absolutely not. This is logistics. This is logistics. Yeah, but you're talking Major League Baseball. Exactly. Major League Baseball doesn't get the pass. You got Rob Manfred is your face for the league. (laughs) And that's a huge part of the problem. Like, baseball (laughs) is doing the testing. (laughs) Maybe. They do not get a pass for this. Because all of this was logistics. And, Jamie, the number one thing that these leagues need in order for this season to happen, this is the case for hockey, this is the case for baseball, basketball, football, when it takes place, is logistics. Mm -hmm. It's as much about what you're going to do in terms of the organization off the field as it is about what's actually going to take place on the field of play. And for baseball, the single biggest factor, logistically, was how do we administer these tests and get the results back in a timely fashion? And they didn't make it happen. Uh, 
right off the bat. They knew that they were starting this the 4th of July weekend. This is not something that just randomly happened. Maybe they should have waited a few days. Or how do you not talk to the testers and say, hey, are you guys off on the 4th of July? (laughs) Just find that out ahead of time. And if the answer to that question is yes, you know ahead of time, and now you can plan accordingly. The incompetence comes in when they didn't have that communication. And we know baseball is not exactly the best at communicating, as we have learned now over the last three and a half months of them communicating with the Major League Baseball Players Association. So this is where I have a tough time with them, is if you didn't know that this was going to be a problem, no, I'm not giving you a pass on that, because that should have been the first thing that you tried to figure out. Here's the part that I got, too. Like When all of this started happening over the weekend, I'm sitting there thinking, like if you're baseball, you should have known that there was going to be some type of road bump in this whole thing. Like You knew you were going to hit a point where, oh, the test is not going to come in right away, so be upfront about that. Like If you're Rob Manfred, if you're the owners or general managers, like, look, we're going to have to have some leniency here because this is the first time anybody in pro sports is trying to get tests out there, so don't be alarmed if this is going to take some time. The problem is, all of this is like, oh my gosh, we don't have the tests right away. That was going to happen at some point. So I'm not so hard on Major League Baseball in terms of the tests not being there. I'm more hard on Major League Baseball by saying, get in front of this and communicate with people. That's a good point. Be careful who you're hard on. Now, 618 on the text line, 65780, I guess they're asking me, how do you give a pass when international leagues have been able to pull it off? Okay, you're right. Maybe You know what, guys? Maybe I'm taking my pass back from Major League Baseball. Hold on. You need to take two ribs? I need to take two. In no way, shape, or form am I giving Major League Baseball a pass on this one. They should have been organized, should have had this thing on lockdown. Heck, BK, they could have consulted with the KBO and said, hey, guys, how are you doing this? How would you pull this off? How you got all this going on? Because we're about to start, and we'd like to get it right. Now, there are differences, of course. The United States of America is in a very different place with the virus itself than Korea is right now. And so that has to be taken into account for how you're going to be able to play when players potentially test positive. But it doesn't excuse the testing itself. If the testing can't be done, we can't even find out how many players are testing positive because the testing doesn't exist. And so that's the problem that we're running into today is these players are like, hey, why the hell am I going to come back to play if you don't even know how many of my teammates, if any, went out over the weekend and had a couple of beers with their buddies on a lake and then they're coming back on Monday and we don't know what their test results mm-hmm. look like from Friday, much less what they looked like from Sunday or today. That's where the problem lies. So the, the testing is an absolute disaster. That being said, Buster Only gave us a little bit of optimism this morning, Jamie. Uh-oh. If you remember, said there was like a 5% chance of the season even kicking yeah, he off he wasn't recently. very positive about it. And a 0% chance that Major League Baseball is able to finish the season. So he gave us an update over the weekend on where he's at in terms of the likelihood that the season kicks off and the likelihood that the season is able to be finished. He's Buster Olney. The percentage and confidence that you feel like we're going to crown a World Series champion is at what now? 20% that they start the season and 0% that they get through it. Still 0% that they get through it. All right, yeah, we're going to work. So, I think there's just so many complications. As one executive said to me this week, the whole thing is Swiss cheese, and there's so many holes through which this can fall apart. 20%. <laughs> yeah, but he's still at zero on the back end of that. By the way, great reference with the Swiss cheese that buster. That was good. Like, Sweet move Nailed by Buster. It.
20%. We are moving on up, boys. So we're at 5%. Now we're at 20. 20%. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. Anything we can get above zero and above 5%. If we keep going that way, I'm happy with it. Now, the ultimate sign of, oh, I don't know, bad news to come was two things. One, you saw that the angels were just forgotten about. Somebody, it's not important. Somebody didn't show up. Um, and then, how does that happen? Hang on. Major League Baseball. Then that's you how. have Mike Trout running the bases, wearing a face mask, and he's the guy that's on the fence on whether or not he's going to play this season. And that's the team you chose to not. You, I will get him on Monday. And then their managers the just taking player, shots. The be, yeah, and the managers being kind of hard on everything. Well, yeah. And nice. Mike Trout, best player in baseball. He's running around with a mask on, no testing it's, can available. Can you imagine if the NFL was like, yeah, you know, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, we're just, we're not going to show up today. Yeah. Yeah. The and, NBA is like, hey, you know, that uh, the Lakers, nope, you got LeBron, we get it. Yeah. No, okay. Can't make it, can't make it out there today. Uh, we'll see you next week. We'll pencil you in. That's what baseball did over the weekend. That really happened. Yep. They, had, they have a team in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Of all places, you're right. And they were like, you know what? Nah, not going to show up today. Fourth of July. We got a holiday. Who's this Mike Trout guy? Is he important? Nah, nah we'll get him next week. We, we heard what he was saying. We'll, we'll, we'll get this done on Sounds Monday. Sounds like he's not on board anyways. Baseball is the perfect spark to, sport to be hard on. I, I can't believe what's taking place, and yet none of it surprises me. None of it surprises me. Let's talk about what's happening right now with the Cardinals, because they were supposed to be on the field today, right now. We were supposed to be getting an update coming up here in just a moment with Mark Saxon of The Athletic, what's taking place on the field, what Cardinals camp looks like. That has been postponed until 6 o'clock tonight. Is that due to rain? Is that due to, you know, the pandemic? What's rain? going on out there? <laughs> looks pretty good out there to me. Is that sunshine, I see? <laughs> the guy out there suntanning in the parking lot. We'll ask Mark Saxon about it next on one. 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. That's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Thrilled to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Cardinals insider for The Athletic. His name is Mark Saxon. He's down at Bush Stadium, I do believe. Saxy, we were supposed to be talking to you live while the Cardinals were working out. Now they're not going to be working out until 6 o'clock tonight. The hell's going on down there today? I don't know, man, but I was supposed to be down there talking to you, and now I'm sitting on my back porch. So I, I, I did get a heads up early enough where I didn't head downtown. They pushed it. They were sp- supposed to be on the field originally, I think, 11 today. Um, it got pushed to 6 tonight. I've reached out to some Cardinals people to see, you know, why that might be. Nothing yet. Um Obviously, a lot of teams have even canceled workouts today. There have been a lot of delays in getting the tests to the teams, which is an issue in and of itself. But I, I can't confirm that that is the reason for the for the Cardinals' delay. There were actually supposed to be some midday thunderstorms. I don't know if they still are. We know how erratic the weather can be around here. But it could have been one or the other explanation. As soon as I hear, I'll throw it out there on Twitter. But, you know, around the country, the A's still haven't gotten their tests. The, the Nationals didn't get their tests. They banged their workout today. So it's kind of a mess right now. Saxy, how much of a problem is this going to be? Because, like, we're counting the teams now that have had some issues either getting 
the results or even like when you're the angels guys like even showing up to administer the tests and I brought it up earlier with BK I said you know you got Mike Trout who's the best player in Major League Baseball he's on the fence about whether to play or not and then Major League Baseball has those testers not show up to that particular team what are we looking at here right Jamie I mean you nailed it think about any sport right so the Cardinals are going to have 19 workouts before the season that is nothing compare that to 40 something for spring training you're gearing up for a very high intensity athletic uh, endeavor now the Oakland A's position players haven't even been on the field yet none of them has gotten a test the Nationals had to, had to cancel a workout there's a competitive imbalance there when you're getting four five six days of workouts fewer than your opponents than the the other teams in your division than the New York Yankees so and now what I think you're starting to see is some of the um, some of the head the executives of these teams are starting to take shots at Major League Baseball Mike Rizzo said today that the GM of the Washington Nationals said if Major League Baseball doesn't get a little better handle on its protocols this season is very much in doubt and then you brought up another big issue if Mike Trout who's whose wife is due in August decides to opt out and we saw another high high profile player today Nick Markake has opted out if Mike Trout opts out the best player in the game could we see a series of dominoes fall so right now everything is looking very tenuous very shaky about whether they get on the field at all for these first games and so that's where we stand amazingly right now sexy what's your understanding of how this happened because listen like I get it the 4th of July is a new holiday to all of us and they probably were unaware <laughs> that it was coming up over the weekend in their first week of being back on the field, but in all seriousness, like how how does this happen so quickly when they knew that they needed to have these testing results and it was going to be the single most important part of them being able to return to the field? Well, if that is sort of the rationale, I, I find that pretty lame, frankly, BK. Because if you know, we knew this was happening, you know, a long time ago, right? So if they didn't ship the um, supplies to the West Coast before the holiday weekend, somebody in the bureaucracy see a major league baseball probably needs to get canned right i mean because that's just not very good planning um but you know in terms of the whole the real what you know the big picture here for me is you know america hasn't gotten a good handle on this thing you know that we still have very very rapidly rising cases in certain places so i don't ultimately think this will be a, a, a come down as baseball kind of letting the country down it might even be more like the country let baseball down Conditions just weren't safe to conduct it because we didn't get a handle on it as a country. So ultimately, yeah, this particular one looks like, you know, baseball is just messing it up. But the bigger question is, is it even the right thing to do? Sexy, I've been bouncing around this thought in my head for a couple of days, and there's lots of room up there. So I want to get it out here right now. If baseball runs into a serious problem to where, you know, their their cities, it's just erratic all over the country. And we know that baseball has opted to just play in their own towns and travel on the road and all that stuff. Does baseball have a secret trap door to where when everything goes wrong, they can narrow it down and create some hub cities? Do they have that option with the Players Association, or is that just a flat-out no? No, I think I think it 
probably that option has sailed away. I, you know, they had that possibility to get a, a, a bubble or a hub situation like other sports did. They tried this other one. The players didn't want that. Um, they, you know, it was this that one squarely was on the players. They didn't want to be away from their families for that three three plus months, depending if you're going making a deep run in the playoffs. So, I don't think they do have that trapdoor. Unfortunately, I think the only trapdoor they have is to say shut it down. Um, now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't have any inside information that says that. And there's a counter argument here is that all these players are, are in, in some ways are in much safer situations, you could argue, than they would be at home. They certainly wouldn't be get, getting tested every day if they were back in their homes in their various states. Many of them live in states where cases are much worse off than they are, say, here in Missouri. So there's a case to be made for that, but ultimately it comes down to the athlete's comfort level, and you can't force someone to do a job they don't want to do, right? And, and those parameters have already been set out, and people say, well, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I'm a uh, mailman, I have to go do my job. Well, your, your contract's different than these guys, and that's set out in their contract. They have the option of opting out. They won't get paid, but a lot of these guys obviously have enough money that that's not an issue. We're seeing the guys who opt out, by the way, are the ones who have that cushion and don't have to worry about it. You're not seeing a lot of you know 24- and 25-year-old players, so it's kind of a reflection of the country at large, unfortunately. We're talking with Cardinals insider Mark Saxon here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Saxon, I wanted to ask you a little bit of a baseball point on this because Carlos Martinez was not yet in St. Louis, and now it sounds like he is here, but not working out with the Cardinals, at least not yet. Hennessy Cabrera tested positive. Giovanni Gallegos was stuck in Mexico last time that I looked, and according to your reporting, isn't expected for a while. Those are three potentially really important arms for the Cardinals in the bullpen. Are we starting to see the pandemic and these travel issues actually affecting what we could see from the Cardinals early in the season in terms of their pitching depth? Absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean, as I understand it, if you test positive, you then will have to test negative and quarantine for 10 days. So any of these players who tested positive, you know, unless, you know, they're, 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 they are cleared sooner for some reason, even if they're asymptomatic, they have to quarantine. So very unlikely, you know, those names will get back in time for opening day. But I think the other crazy thing about the season is you have to look what happens to the other teams in the division, right? Like you might have five guys down and the other team has eight. And so that just becomes part of this whole mix. How many players on your team are going to opt out? The Cardinals haven't had a single one to this point. That's the first question. And number two is how many are healthy when you're playing your games? And that's going to be going on throughout the whole season. You'll see guys put on the COVID list, taken off the COVID list. So it's just another factor to kind of really affects all of the competition. And it's another reason why anything could happen if they play these 60 games. So, Saxy, is it going to be a question this year of the most talented or the best team? Or is it going to be more of a story of the team that can stay the healthiest, the longest, or the most frequent? Well, yeah, I mean, you hit it. If, if they're playing this season, I, I could easily see it play out as kind of a war of attrition. Like, who do you, who can you put on the field? Are you using your double-A uh, shortstop because your first two guys are down? Is you, Are you down to your third starter as your ace? Or are you relatively intact? 
And in a way, the team that is smartest about handling the pandemic and gets the most buy-in from its players and, and keeps guys out of the bars when they're on the road and keeps guys out of parties and this and that, that's going to te- be the team that has the competitive advantage. And I think probably in some of these team meetings, you're getting things like that expressed. And they're saying, look, you guys want to lose a bunch of games? Fine. Go out and do whatever you want on the road. You want to win? Stick with us. Just sacrifice you know, your social life for two, three months. And, and uh, we got a pretty good chance of, of doing it smarter, doing it better than these other teams and, and winning this division and going on and maybe you know, giving our fans a huge thrill in October. So, yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it, Jamie. So all of these guys have been kind of on their own the last three months when it comes to working out. And we saw some pictures that were floated on the Internet yesterday of Pablo Sandoval, and it didn't look great for our guy, uh, Panda. But which guy, from your perspective, or are there any guys from the Cardinals that look to you to be in the best shape of their life? We all know this is the annual spring story. Are there any pandemic Cardinals that look like they got in the best shape of their lives? I'm just trying to see, BK, if you're really fishing for me to tell you who's like... (laughs) That's a backdoor question, sexy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you the honest answer on that. Okay. So, since I've been covering the Cardinals in 2016, I've barely seen like an ounce of body fat on anybody in that clubhouse. They are the most conditioned baseball team I've ever been around. I think it's part of their culture. They stay on top of it. The front office monitors guys a lot in the offseason. It kind of plays into why it's viewed as a little bit of a peculiar culture. They are so um, business-like, so intent on doing everything right for the season that some players can view it as a little bit of a a violation of their sort of privacy. But this is a very well-conditioned team as a rule. I don't think anybody went home and was, you know, eating Takis and drinking beer and watching television, which may or may not describe my corn. I was about to say, that sounds more like what I've been up to, Saxy. (laughs) Some of them may have, but they don't look like it. I will say this, Yachty Molina looks pretty shredded to me. So he, And he's a guy who I know um, as the season approaches, he, he has some fun in the offseason, but I think about a month before a season approaches, he really nails down his workout. So it looks like he was doing that before the second restart as well. He looks great. I actually sent a picture of him to both Jamie and Ferrario yesterday saying, holy crap, Yadier Molina looks like yeah, he's he in unbelievable great. shape right now. Yeah, and I have heard he has this ability to just flip a switch. I've heard it's exactly one month before he has to be at spring training. He'll do whatever he wants, have fun, travel, party, whatever, in wherever he's living, whether it's Florida, whether it's uh, in his native, you know, in Puerto Rico. And then a month before he has to be there, I've heard he just hits it hard in the gym and just gets in phenomenal shape. So it looks like he did that. Well, Saxy, I'm hoping that uh, I can find that switch to flip <laughs> here pretty soon. He's Mark Saxy. And you can find his work over on The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark A. Saxon, where we will certainly be looking for his report on exactly why the Cardinals decided to push back their workouts today. We always appreciate his time. Saxy, we'll talk with you again soon, my friend. All right, fellas. Take care. Talk to you. You bet. That's Mark Saxon joining us here on Ribs and BK. I would love to have that ability. 
Did you have that ability whenever you were playing, Jamie, where it's like I can you can do your thing for a couple of months and then you're getting ready to come back and, you know, OK, I have 37 days. This is what I need yeah. to be able to get into peak performance for getting back into camp. The first half of my career. Yeah. Like my brother and I, you know, my brother played pro hockey, got to the NHL with Tampa and we would always July 1st weekend, which is our July 4th up in Canada, Canada Day. Right. We'd have a big blowout on that July 1st weekend. And after that blowout, we'd be like, OK. And we done. We go dry, like nothing, no booze, no nothing. Training hardcore oh, had to be hard for you. It, it was hard. It was a, a serious commitment, PK. <laughs> but we could go from being kind of, sort of in shape to being like ready to go come training camp. And so I had that ability first half of my career. The back half of my career, like the one, there was one year I went to camp where. I was in good shape, but not great shape. And I was like, okay, this is a tell sign right here that I am getting older and I need to take this a little more seriously. So I would go back to June 1st, start training hard, and then still have my blowout on July 1st weekend, but then get back to business after that. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's get those questions in. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll take your questions. We'll hopefully have some answers for you next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line for questions and answers. Boys, Bob Nightingale just tweeted, said New York Mets Brandon Nimmo was asked about his confidence level of having a 2020 season. Any guesses on what he had to say here? <laughs> Very uh, low. Not great. <laughs> Quote, I have 100% conviction that we will be able to do this. Oh, wow. How hey. could you possibly have 100% conviction that you are going to be able to do this? All right, I'm excited. Maybe he's referring to himself and mm. knowing that he's going to take it seriously and that he's going to listen to the rules and do everything he can. Unfortunately, each player can't control the guy beside them. And that, I think, is going to be a problem, especially without these bubbles or hubs. I know I get stuck on that, but guys, I just can't look past it. it. I just can't. They're, they're going to be in public atmospheres, like like Saxy said, going to the bar, the hotel bar, the hotel lobby, the Uber, like whatever they're doing. Like, it's literally, hey, guys, we trust you. Did you see that in the um, in the NHL's protocols that were released last night? We'll talk a little bit more of these about those coming up here in just a moment. But it said if you get into a ride sharing program, you're going to be penalized like mm-hmm. you could be fined. That's something that is absolutely against their rules. Meanwhile, in Major League Baseball, they're almost condoning it. They're like, yeah, go ahead and take Ubers or Lyfts, please, by all means. Well, the NHL is setting it up, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but we're, they're not even allowed to leave the compound. Not, not unless it's a ride or transportation that's been organized by the league or by the representatives and you're taken there safely and yada, yada, yada. So it's interesting to see how this is going to unfold. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers from the 314. Boys, were you able to watch Hamilton over the weekend? And if so, what'd you think? I didn't watch it. What's wrong with I don't you? even know what the hell it is. I mean, I do, Hamil- but I Hamilton? don't. You don't know what Hamilton is? I Listen, guys. Okay, let me take two on that one, okay? It's already two of them for you. Yeah. Very you early in the show. You only get three a day. 
I know what it is. I just have no desire to watch it. Uh, that's fair. There you go. That's a, ter- that's a terrible take. I know. You I, gotta watch it. I, what you think, Mario? I loved it. So I saw it when it was in St. Louis uh, in person, which was phenomenal in itself, but I've no never bragger. seen it with the... Yeah, I know. Not a big deal. But I never saw it with the actual cast, and that just set it over the top Favorite character? Um... Ooh, that's a tough one. See, he hasn't seen it either. Probably Tom. No, probably Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson's incredible. Jefferson's good, but I also like uh, the guy who plays George Washington. I think his name's Chris Jackson. He ended up with the Tony off. Yeah, he was, was nominated. He for was and, Hamilton, and he's. <laughs> and I think I think the guy who played President Washington's from this area, so he's a big Cardinals fan. Oh, really? Yeah, I think we should try to get him on. We should. It's either Cairo, Illinois, or Cairo, Missouri. One of the two. Ooh, I might want to brush up on my homework. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to set that one out, Ribs. It's really. Long, like really Three hours, long. I think, and two hours and like fifty guys, minutes. What are you getting me into here right now? Riffs. It's That's... really good. I legitimately enjoyed it, and I'm not a musical guy in general. Like oh, Kara boy. has, when there is a Muni season, uh, season <laughs> tickets to Ouch. the Muni, where she goes to every Friday night. She'll be at a show. Mm-hmm. I, I opt out of those the same way that a lot of players are opting out yeah. of the Major League Baseball season. I, I opt out of that. I'd be on the IR for your family, right? You're <laughs> saving for your family. Yeah, I, I, I want to save them the money it's yeah. just not worth the, the expense for me family. to have that i'm not a musical guy yeah i this was really good yeah this is this was not your typical musical i mean obviously that's the case because of the way that the music is written it's it's like well, rap probably it's has to rap, have music in it right to be a musical correct but i'm it, just checking it's like rap style yeah well are like you telling me they're rapping in this kind of yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, oh it's rap slash poetry if that makes is sense is it really yeah. good or is it so bad you have to watch no, it it's legitimately it's phenomenal. good all right. Yeah. There's there's no there's no speaking in it. It's all music from beginning to end. And it's not like your cheesy musical music. It's like up to date music. The guy okay. who put it together did the whole play himself. Did research on Alexander Hamilton, which is incredible. I'm a history buff, so like to learn all of that stuff that you weren't taught in school, incredible. The guy right. who plays Burr in this yeah. is unbelievable. You guys are gonna keep going on this, right? Where I'm just yeah. like in the well, dark. Hop right on now. the tra- train, Rivs. Rivs, just go go sit down. Yeah. Have a bathroom break. I would rarely recommend. (laughs) Where Ribs go? He's in the bathroom watching Hamilton. I would rare. It would basically take our entire show. Oh yeah. I would rarely recommend seeing a musical. This is one that I would definitely recommend. I would definitely go see it. We were supposed to be able to all go see it this summer in uh, St. Louis. I was supposed to have seen it. I think like last week, two weeks ago, and uh, instead I watched it on Disney Plus over the weekend. I did hear a lot of good reviews from people that are talking about it on social media. Media and other people, Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman saw it. They had good reviews on it. So Ribs, crack maybe open, I'm missing out. Crack open a seltzer and sit down and watch Hamilton. If it's three hours, I'll tell you what, the second half of that is going to be pretty blurry. <laughs> That's true. I'll be powering through it all right. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers. Uh, guys, what was your favorite part of your 4th of July weekend? Well, for me, it was just kicking back. I, you know, my life, it's very hard to relax. And it's not like I'm not some hero biscuit here. I just got four kids. I get, I'm a busy guy. I got a lot going on. So 27 different businesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to like have my butt sit down and kick the feet up and enjoy some cold ones with some old friends, like that was the best part for me. It was actually it was completely stress-free, which is unusual, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, that was the part for me, I mean, especially after just moving, to be able to just sit 
down and actually enjoy the house rather than feel like we're moving through the whole process. The moving process is it just sucks for how long it takes and then with the boxes. So to get to sit down and just enjoy the weekend with my wife was really fun. I watched a new TV show over the weekend on Netflix called Unsolved Mysteries. Oh yeah, you've never yeah, seen you've that? never seen those? Oh my it's god. New, it's a new version. Yeah. yeah. Well they recreated it from what the old stuff was. Is it, it, who's the guy there's a guy narrating Robert Patrick, I believe is his he name back was? on board. There's no he's Oh, oh, is he? Yeah, he died. Oops. Oops. There was another one. Hey, Scoops. Have him on the show, Riffs. Yeah. Maybe he and Laura Brandigan. Oliver. Yeah. Is that who you're referencing yeah. there? Laura Brandigan. Um, it has me messed up still. Ray Rivera, I have to know what happened to him. I need to know. I've been thinking about this for the last like 48 straight hours as to what happened to this gentleman. I woke up yesterday in a cold sweat at 5:30 and couldn't get back to sleep because I was thinking about what happened to Ray Rivera. The problem with this is like you you're so used to watching whether it be CSI or SVU, whatever your favorite crime show is, right? It wraps up at the end, and you're like, okay, I get a clean resolution as to how this is going to end. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't, it means it's a continuation into the next episode. And in that episode, you will get a resolution as to what happened. None of these have a resolution. Well, did you happen to catch the title where it's called Unsolved Mysteries? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just want to make sure that you know what you're getting into. So here's the problem. Some of them, you've got a pretty good indication as to what took place. Like, there's another one, and I'm not going to give away too much because it's a really good show and it just came out. But there's another one where it's pretty clear who did the murder, right? Who who hid the body. And another one where it's like, I'm just not as interested in what took place here. It's not quite as compelling of a situation. This one with Ray Rivera, man, I need answers. <laughs> I I'm going to have to watch answers. that now. Seriously, though, like I just so I looked up the intro music and I haven't watched the new one. So I don't know if the intro music is the same, but the intro to the old version gives it's you creepy. goosebumps. Listen. Got to let it build for a second, though. How much time do we need? Is this the uh, extended version? Yeah. Like how? How that it's is like just the old creepy. Twilight Zone music. It's similar. Yeah. It's similar. And the it's guy, been updated, but it's similar. And the guy who hosts it, his voice was like perfection for that I know, show. That's why I asked about yeah. it. But you yeah. said he's dead. Well, no, you've so that's no, not good. no yeah. narration anymore. Now it's just like it's interviews and it's like a, a full narrative throughout. It's I would highly recommend that. I would watch that honestly before Hamilton. Oh, it's really right. good. We got another one here, really quickly. I'll update you quickly. Six three six. Has there been any update on Petro's contract? No, nothing yet. I don't even know if they're in talks right now. Everything has been buttoned down. Hopefully they're getting something done behind closed doors. Uh, But as of right now, no update. Speaking of Petro, hopefully we get to see him on the ice. We now know what it's going to look like if and when the NHL returns to the ice. We'll tell you some of the details coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. So the NHL is quietly getting ahead of the game. They return or they release their official return to play protocols last night. There is also a lot of optimism right now around the game, Jamie. 
that a CBA is about to be agreed upon over the course of the next few days. And they're very hopeful that the return to play protocols and the CBA will be voted on at the same time. Let's start with that. Because you know, as a former NHL player, how rare it is that the PA and the owners are actually able to get on the same page like this. How huge is that in a time like this? Well, first of all, the history of the labor disputes between the union and the ownership groups, I mean, it's been kind of disastrous at times for the NHL. In fact, it's almost ruined the games at certain times in the last 10 to 15 years. I think the players realize that. I think the owners realize that. I think they're looking at Major League Baseball and going, wow, what a mess it is over there. How about we try and clean up our aisle here and let's get some discussions going. Yeah, we have our return to play program or protocols that we're going to go through. How great would it be for NHL hockey to announce that we also have a CBA show? everybody that we're getting along and we're trying to do the best we can for the fans and the teams and the players so i love the strategy i can't believe they're able to do it quite honestly with all the stress surrounding hub cities and this and that and protocols to manage to squeeze out a a, a cba extension is going to be like an extra four years on this it's pretty incredible stuff it's huge for the nhl and it's massive for the salary cap like we here in st louis you brought up petro right before the break and the what his contract situation looks like The fact that the Blues will have in writing, hopefully, fingers crossed, before anything breaks, before we get to the playoffs, before we get to the offseason, they will know exactly what the next couple of years, most likely, of the salary cap looks like, so they can then plan for what that's going to be accordingly with whatever they're able to pay Alex Petrangelo. That's not a small thing. If this was going to go on after the season and they were hoping to get it right in that area, between the end of this year and the beginning of next year, it would be nearly impossible for Army to be able to do any planning as to what he's going to have available now and in the future. But with that in place, he now knows, okay, my cap looks like this for next year and this for the following season while they smooth things out. And then hopefully it's going to spike again after that. But for the following couple of years, I know exactly what I'm working with. What's impressive to me right now, or or what I guess is going to be interesting more than impressive, is the fact that We're going to find out what the players were able to negotiate because we know right now that the landscape financially, revenue-wise for the NHL, like it doesn't look great right now. Without the ability to put fans in the seats and to lose out some of that, especially in your home buildings, and now we're doing hub cities, which I don't know how that's going to all be sliced up either, how the revenue is going to be working there. But for the players, if they were able to negotiate a salary cap without the floor falling out of this thing to where we're not dropping from 81 or 82 million down to like 70 million because the owners can't handle the financial repercussions, if they're able to keep that in the ballpark and get this resolved, that's going to be incredible. Here's the other part for me, too. As I'm seeing all these reports coming out, you know, first of all, the fact that they're having the conversations, I think, is big because they know it's not just about this season. It's about six years from now. The health of the game, especially with what baseball is going through, what basketball is going to be going through. But on top of it, the escrow. I mean, the escrow ribs, we've Mm -hmm. talked about it last week. That was a big deal for the hockey players. I mean, our Artemi Panarin's out there, you know, calling out the owners in the NHL for the, the, the poor 
setup of the game, the fact that they were able to negotiate that escrow in this CBA negotiations to help out the players and also pay these players their signing bonuses shows you that the owners and the NHL really cares about the players, which puts this on such good terms moving forward. Which is why I kind of questioned that strategy by Panarin, to be honest. Like, I, know I did, too. That, I know that that's a big sore subject for the players is the escrow and a lot of players feel like it's the safety net for the owners they can spend and do as they please because well we got this escrow that we can fall back on that being said though this agreement for the last what eight years or so yeah. has been very friendly to both sides the revenues for the league have gone up player salaries have gone up guys are signing pretty lucrative deals right now so to me calling out the nhl and the owners wasn't exactly the greatest strategy but that being said i think that now because of maybe panarin's voice maybe other superstars voice behind closed doors in these meetings i think the escrow might have a chance to be capped now yeah. which is going to be huge for the players and what money they're going to have to pay out if revenue just drop. means they're listening which is the most important thing in all of this. So that's the CBA. The return to play protocols were also released last night. We actually now know what all of this is going to be. The players are going to be tested daily. There is no specific number for when the NHL would call things off or when the players association would decide no more. No more. Enough is enough. There are too many players that have tested positive. But both sides, the league and the players association have the ability to postpone, delay, move, or cancel any games if they deem it to be necessary because of the virus any team i found this one to be particularly interesting that violates the rules set in the protocol will be subject to quote significant penalties potentially including fines and or a loss of draft picks that one's huge because there is nothing like that for major league baseball they have no way to enforce their rules they're just saying they're basically guidelines you do this so that way we can play The NHL is saying you do this, otherwise you are fined and potentially your organization loses a draft pick in the future. That's something that the GMs are going to be able to enforce as much as anybody else. I'm anxious to see how all of it is connected, right? And when you talk about potentially fines and loss of draft picks, if that happens, how does that circle back to the player? with the violation, right? So will the GMs be allowed to suspend that player without pay? Will they be afforded a buyout if that player is a real problem and causes a big issue? I'm anxious to see the fine print underneath that one. But I'll tell you what, it certainly puts accountability on both the team and the player. Because if you're a good player in a good situation, you have four years maybe left, three years left on your deal, you're wanting good draft picks. You're wanting good development. You're wanting your club to be happy and be con- at least in contention every year. You lose draft picks, you set the bad taste in the owner's mouth, the GM, like that's it. It could be yeah. over. So you talk about policing, and we always talk about hockey players. I, don't, I can't speak to any other sport, but the self-policing that goes on in the locker room, there's a lot of it. And the self-policing that goes on within the organization, there's a lot of that too. And this is just another version of that. Yeah, I mean, you talk about going on somebody's ish list. That's how you get on the GM's <laughs> yeah. ish list by by screwing up the draft oh, yeah. picks, especially. And I'm just going off of a local side, a St. Louis Blues, who have traded their first overall picks a lot. But the other one too, and I know we got a break. 
the players can be kicked out of that bubble. As if, at least that's what the reports are saying. So, you know, it, it can affect the GMs and the ownership, but the players know that if they want a chance for a Stanley Cup, they could be kicked out and watch their team still win a cup. It's also why, and we've been saying this for a while, the three of us, the riskiest part of all of this is what's happening right now. If they can get through these training camps and everything's still going, I think they're going to be able to have a good shot mm-hmm. of being able to finish this. It's the training camps that are going to be really, really tough because right now these guys are in and about and around inside of these local cities. The Blues, we've already seen it, right? There were reports that came out over the weekend from Jim Thomas that four players tested positive after a night out at a bar in Clayton, and that resulted in practice getting canceled on Friday. That's the hardest part is finding a way to everybody stay home and try to get through this portion of things at training camp in this phase three that's about to open up officially. Get through that, make it to phase four with everybody healthy and ready to go for the actual playoff games. And once you get there, I've got pretty good confidence that they're going to be able to get it done. Yeah, I agree. Getting to the bubble to me is going to be the biggest challenge. And then once you're in the bubble, I think the NHL is going to have a pretty good grip on what's going on. And then as teams get eliminated, I think the process of keeping track of teams and players and so on and staff is going to get easier, obviously, because you're going to have just as many eyeballs but watching fewer people. And so, yeah, the finish line, quite honestly, and it won't be, you know, it won't be just a bunch of celebrations once you get to the bubble, but that will be a huge landmark for the players and the teams to get their players to the bubble, which hopefully at that point they're all testing negative, so at least they get a fresh start at it. 1216, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially like Licensed Rolex Jeweler. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. In or out? We'll play a game of that next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. That's Alex Ferrario. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for in or out. This one comes from the 314. Jamie, in or out, 2020 is already the worst year of all of our lives. <laughs> is that even up for debate right now? No. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm all in on that one. 2020, um... Yeah, you kind of suck. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> kind of suck. Yeah. Well, I only have, like, what, 30 years to work with, so I'll say 2020 was the worst. <laughs> there is no close second. Well, I bet the people in 1916 or 1917, when the last pandemic hit, I bet they would probably argue that yeah. maybe that was pretty crappy, too. The Spanish flu might have killed a little yeah. more. That was 102 years ago. How Somebody's many of those al- people are still alive? It doesn't matter. Couple? I bet you they have an opinion <laughs> hey, on it. If, if you were alive, <laughs> if you were alive in the first pandemic, Texas six five seven eight zero. There we go. I, I suppose. Let me let me rephrase. I would imagine the Great Depression wasn't a great time to be around either. Mm, did get a great name though. Did, but not for the right reasons. No. I, don't, I don't think, anyways, because I wasn't around. Well, you don't put great in front of something for no reason. Well, never know. What? Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service Alexander tax line. The great. He wasn't very yeah. great. So Miles Michaelis over the weekend <laughs> had a fantastic quote. He said, "Quote: I was going to try to hit every Waffle House I could this year, but unless they deliver to the hotel, I'm going to have to go ahead and go on that journey next year." End quote. In or out? 
Waffle House would be the best place to go that has a restaurant in every city that you could play in. Hockey, baseball, or otherwise. Wait, let me understand the question. Waffle House is the best the restaurant? The number one option. Meaning chains that would be everywhere. that would no, be in I'm all of those places. Out on that. I mean, now, if we rephrase the question, said Waffle House is my number one pick after a night out of boozing, mm. I'm all in. I'm all in. Boy, Two bacon, egg, and cheese, hash brown scattered and covered. Let's get it on. Wow. Yeah, that's that's right. That was official. I might have to say, I might have to say in on this. What's your go-to yeah. chain restaurant, Jamie? If it's not Waffle House, what's your go-to chain restaurant? Well, BK, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> you know, it would depend on the time of day, okay? Because okay? uh, I don't think I'm going to go to, like, Applebee's for breakfast, nor would I go to you Waffle could. House for I mean, dinner, although I have done that. I so, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm not really, like, a set guy, like, boom, this is my spot in every town I go to. But I do uh, I do like Fridays. Fridays are good. Tell you what, Chili's is up there for me. You can get an awful lot of Chili's. The correct answer for this is Chick-fil-A, of course. Okay, I'm a newfound fan of Chick-fil-A. Newfound fan? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan before. I, I like I was like, I don't get it. The lineup is down the block, and I'm like, I don't get it. It's just a piece of chicken, and the no, chicken... No, 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 no. Hear me out. I'm about to explain things to you. The chicken is so-so. It's not like I'm, you know, dying to come back and wait in line for 30 minutes. Now I've discovered their cool wrap with chicken, and they got the avocado ranch lime dressing that goes with it. Yeah, that'll make a rabbit fight a bear. I am ready to sit in line for Chick-fil-A now. 65780 is the air comfort service text line from the 314. My 109-year-old grand grand aunt says 1918 sucked worse than this one does. I'll take her opinion on it. I believe her. Another from the 618. My grandmother was born in 1916. No confirmation of whether or not that was uh, worse for grandmother or not. She was two at the time. So I got some good uh, chains coming in here on the text line. Taco Bell, yeah, Cracker Barrel, Denny's, yeah, Denny's. But Denny's is a late night thing for me. Zaxby's is a good one from the 618. I'm a chicken guy in general. You guys know this, but Zaxby's is up there for me. Isn't Raisin Cane's everywhere? Raisin Cane? Yeah. It's not. I'm going. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's not. They were were made in Baton Rouge, weren't they? Like, that's where they originated? They've been starting to make their way north, but my first time I ever had it was in Columbia uh, while I was in college. Same thing for Zaxby's. It's great. But it's not everywhere. I haven't had Zaxby's. I need to get Zaxby's. Zaxby's is tremendous. I've never had it. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for in or out. Guys, over the weekend, I was reading an article from Pro Football Focus, and they wrote about players entering a make-or-break season. I want to ask you about one in particular that they had on that list. Okay. In or out, this is a make-or-break season for Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I'm all in. Absolutely. If he doesn't have a good year, man, they're moving on. He's like the next first-rounder that didn't pan out. That's I don't know enough. Well, actually, I do know enough to be dangerous when it comes to the NFL. But I think for sure that, you know, what, did this be his third year in the mm-hmm. league now? Yep, you're three. Like, they've got some weapons around him. So many that I heard on SportsCenter today, they're talking about they're going to have to maybe trade one of their weapons because they got too many mouths to feed. <laughs> if that's the case, then Baker Mayfield probably has to have a good year. I- I'm going to say out on this because I think he's going to go the same route of – he, it's make or break in Cleveland, but I don't think in the NFL. I think he'll 
it'll be done in Cleveland if this is a bad year. Somebody will take a shot on Baker Mayfield after Cleveland if it doesn't work out. And if that doesn't work, then he's done. Be the Jets. I would have been in if they had a full offseason. New coaching staff, new system, new tackles. I'm not sure it's a make or break season given all of the uncertainty of the offseason and what it's going to look like going into this year. With that in mind, I'm out. I would have been in, though, if they had the normal offseason. He needed to get it together this year in year yeah, three. I, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. All right, we'll it's see. Like, it's but, like a Mark Sanchez situation. Like He's going to go somewhere else and get a shot. Yeah, and that's not going to work out. And then out. he'll butt fumble, and then it'll be <laughs> game over. It's not going to work out for him. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 618. Somebody mentions this, and I want to get your thoughts on this, because there was a lot going around over the weekend about how in and out is overrated, and I brought up Whataburger. Somebody oh. on the text line says Whataburger is the number one chain that they would want to go to. Okay, so Whataburgers are prominently down in Texas. Correct. Yeah. And also highly overrated. Yeah, I would say not anything to write home about. I've had it. And now, again, of course, everything that I'm referencing is like having a few drinks and then you (laughs) go to this establishment. And so Whataburger was definitely a late night call or late night visit. But that's how you could tell if it's good or not. If it's good when you're drunk and it's average, it's really, really greasy. And it makes you kind of feel like crap after it tastes fine. But it's not fine. But again, it's not something that I'm like traveling an extra distance to go to. It's not a must. Is Shake Shack everywhere yet? I don't think that's everywhere, is it? No, it's in a, it's in more places yeah, it's now. It's starting to kind of go Midwest. <laughs> Text line doesn't agree with me. What a burger is outstanding, you ass. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you're you're right about part of that. Rims, I, I am an B- ass, but I don't think it's outstanding. Rims, I saw BK texting, so yeah, I want to double check. No, that. I wouldn't. Calls. Don't don't associate me with that take. No, what a burger's fine. No, I meant the ass take. I didn't say I hated it. I just said that to me, it's not as unbelievable. I mean, unless you're really five guys better than what a burger. Five Guys is better than Whataburger. Significantly better. Uh, Five Guys is great. It, it's it's a lot of food. Those fries, about, man. Oh, my goodness. about Culver's? How far do you put Culver's up there? It, it's in that same range for yeah. me. Culver's with, and with Freddy's kind of fall. I like both of those places. They're pretty good. We're getting a lot of free ads today, eh? Don't be afraid to hit us up. Sponsor yeah, the show. Let's just mass email this segment out yeah. and see what we can get. Hey, let's go here. Cast that wide net. A lot net. of good spots still available. Did you guys see the article over the weekend with the gentleman that was fishing in the Mississippi and he caught a 112 pound catfish a 112 pound catfish it's a big fish that's the size of an overgrown child depends how old yeah in or out like I have a kid that's 16 and 6'4 five. so he's kind of big it's like half of him 35. That's incredible. Yeah. Way it's real go, dad's way big. Way to go, big hoss. <laughs> it's real dad's big. <laughs> In or out, any body of water that can house a 112-pound catfish in, you're not swimming in. In or out. Oh, I'm out. I don't care about that. At all. 112-pound yeah. catfish? I don't care at all. I swim in the ocean. There's 500-pound sharks that are, like, right two feet from the shore. That's why I swim in the pool. That's a good point. That's why <laughs> he goes to the pool at the beach. <laughs> hey, I can't wait to get my reservation at the beach and swim in the pool. Out of sight, out of mind. I took a poll on that over the weekend, by the way. We took a poll. P-O-L-L. Poll. <laughs> on Twitter, when you go on vacation at the beach, do you spend more time swimming in the ocean or the pool? 
55% were with you, Ocean. 45% with me, though. They spend their time how in the pool. Yeah, how many people like, voted? How many family members did you have? So 68 votes. 500 votes. Okay. Wow. Well, BK, you're more popular Pretty, than I thought you were. Well, I wouldn't say popular, <laughs> but they, they happened to vote in the poll. <laughs> they did. Got to be careful when you do that. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals pitching, it was supposed to be their big advantage this season. Took a massive hit over the weekend. We'll discuss it next on 101 ESPN. We want, we're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Today was my third time pitching four innings. I was planning on going four last time, too, but we got rained out after two. So uh, I went four, four, two, four, the last, my last four starts. So I've been kind of building there, kind of keeping it there. I mean, I know I'm going to have a few more starts here before the season kicks off. So I feel like that's a great jumping off point. That was Adam Wainwright talking yesterday about where he's at in his pitching catalog, how far along he is in his program. He could go four innings right now. Hmm. We have talked a lot, Jamie, about how much of an advantage the pitching is for the Cardinals going into this season. The fact that they just have arms left and right that they can throw at the wall and see what sticks. It took a little bit of a hit over the weekend. Carlos Martinez had a little bit of a hiccup in getting back to St. Louis in his travel plans. Hennessy's Cabrera tested positive for COVID-19. Giovanni Gallegos was stuck in Mexico, and according to Mark Saxon, he, quote, isn't expected for a while. I wonder what happened there. I, we don't know. We don't Took know yet. wrong turn in Tijuana? <laughs> no. That's Not like we all three... haven't done that before. Have you been to Tijuana before? No, I'm just kidding. That's three significant arms that the Cardinals were hoping to rely upon. I'm guessing Carlos Martinez is now going to be in the bullpen because if he's not out there at cards camp yet, and we now have Jamie two and a half weeks before the season really begins. Giovanni Gallego stuck in Mexico. Hennessy Cabrera going to be out for the next two weeks, you would assume, since he tested positive for COVID. This is going to impact what the opening day roster looks like. And so we talked about this with Mark Saxon earlier today. The advantage that the Cardinals had will still be an advantage, I do believe, eventually. But on opening day, it's not going to be quite as big of an advantage as I had thought even as recently as last Thursday, whenever we were on this show. In or out? Adam Wainwright last year for the Cardinals. I'd probably go in. Yeah, I'm in on that. On that? All right. I think I'd probably he's kind of made in. it clear, too. That I wanted to bring that up last segment, but it got stuck somewhere between my brain and my mouth. So now that I got it out, um, going back to the Cardinals' current pitching situation, you know, some of these guys are, are back home throwing. Now, I know it's not the same as being at spring training 2.0 and, and getting in, you know, that time, that face time here in St. Louis and with the team, but maybe Martinez has been chucking, you know, back home, and these guys have been throwing every day. Now, the fact that Gallegos is yeah. stuck in Mexico, mm -hmm. that kind of sucks. You know, like, it really <laughs> yeah. does. Now, Martinez, I don't know what the situation is there, if he just can't get out of his country or where he's at. Or I, he's apparently in St. Louis now. We don't know what the hiccup is there. Maybe okay, he'll so show up tonight. They also Maybe can't... he's a positive test, it's... and it's going to be a slow leak here to find out, double-check, maybe a second test. I'm just assuming. Exactly. Trust me, don't quote me on that. I don't know anything about it. But We, we don't know, and the teams cannot announce 
pronounce positive tests unless the players give them permission to do so. And so that's why we got the Hennessy Cabrera news, because he apparently told the Cardinals, yeah, you can go ahead and announce this, that that's why I'm not at camp right now. Uh, we don't know if Carlos Martinez has or has not tested positive. Yeah. We just know that he hasn't been at camp for the Cardinals. And he posted on social media over the weekend that he's now in St. Louis. So is he going to be there tonight? I, I don't know. Maybe. Or, or maybe he won't be. And then we'll get some more news. On I'm pretty sure Alex Reyes hasn't been there as well. I think because uh, Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt was asked the question over the weekend on the, the video conferences because they're doing them through Zoom after every practice. And I was on it, and Derek Gould asked the question, you know, is this going to compromise the pitching staff? And immediately Mike Schilt said, yeah, it's compromised because you're missing a guy that was expected to be your number two, a guy who was going to be a weapon in your bullpen, a guy who was going to be possibly your closer, and then another left-handed pitcher who was going to be a, a, a in-between man. So, I mean, you got a lot of pieces that you're without right now. Yeah, this is going to be tough for the Cardinals, you know, and, and look, I think we're going to be going, this is what we talked about earlier, and we mentioned with with Saxy earlier, Mark Saxon, when I asked the question, is it actually going to be the best baseball team that wins this year, or the team that can stay the healthiest, the longest, or the most frequent, and I think it is, I, you know, Mac, or Saxy said, you know, it could be a war of attrition, and, and see who survives through this whole thing, and if the Cardinals, and this is what we worried about, you mentioned it specifically specifically BK not too long ago I think it was last week about what if the pitching position for the Cardinals gets affected with this where do you go from there thank goodness they've got like 13 14 arms that they can go to but still if you're losing your big arms like you're talking about that could really suck. I will say they have depth, though. And, I mean, when you think about you losing an Hennessy Cabrera, replace that with, with an Austin Gomber who was pitching off the mound the other day. If you miss a Giovanni Gallegos, replace him with a, uh, a Oviedo, I believe, is the one that Dan McLaughlin has continued to talk about. But you also have a Ryan Helsley. Like, you can omit a player. Honestly, the biggest hit is going to be a Carlos Martinez. But you do have a, a Kwang Young Kim who can be in there. So for, for every player you're losing, I think that's the Cardinals' advantage of having a guy who they can replace. 100%. If ever there was a team in baseball that could be able to make up for this difficult start, obviously, to camp, it's the Cardinals. They are the best suited for this type of a situation. It's just what was thought to be a huge strength of theirs and an advantage over all other teams now they merely look like a good pitching staff. Like, there's a lot of other pitching staffs in baseball that if you remove Carlos Martinez and Cabrera and Gallegos and Alex Reyes, okay, now that's starting to look like a lot of other staffs out there across Major League Baseball. It, when you had all those guys in there, that's where the number of arms, the sheer volume of guys that can throw hard from either side of the plate, that's where it became a huge advantage for them. And so when they get off to such a clumsy start, it appears that's where it's a, it's a little disconcerting because now if you get in a week or two weeks into camp and another guy tests positive or somebody gets hurt because we're all anticipating there's going to be probably more injuries this season than in a typical season because of the time off, that's where that really starts to come back at you. What's interesting to me is that in listening to Danny Mack, um, he had uh, uh, some quotes from Mike Schilt uh, on the show. He talked about how Mike Schilt said, well, we're not planning on doing 
doing the piggyback situation to where we're going to have guys go four innings, another guy go four innings, and then we'll have somebody close it out. He talked about how they're going to pitch their guys as normal. They're going to have the regular five-guy rotation, and that's how they're going to approach the season. I wonder how all this affects that decision for Mike Schilt. Does he have to consider more of a piggyback situation than to go with five guys in the rotation because you're you're going to be affected. It's going to be a huge question going into the season. The one guy that I know probably will not have to be piggybacked, I would assume, is Jack Flaherty. Uh, earlier today on ESPN.com, Buster only ranks the 10 best starting pitchers in all of baseball. Flaherty came in at number six. Wow. And he wrote on that list, at, uh, yeah. quote, nobody who has hit against him would be surprised if he challenged for the top spot on this board at some point, and he's just 24 years old right who now. Who was number one? Was it Walker Bueller? I'll have to go back okay, on that. Sorry. I do not believe. <laughs> Believe it was Walker Bueller. No. I think he was right around that same area with Jack Flair. To, to have only one season, if one full season in the major leagues, and to already jump up to number six is really impressive. Although I will say, that's a really heavy load to take on in your second season as a young pitcher. But if anybody can do it, Jack Flaherty could do it just from the mentality that we've seen from him so far. Top five guys were Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, Steven Strasburg, and Max Scherzer. Jack Flaherty was Verlander the best. Is, is, is anybody surprised that Verlander still freaking gets into this list every I'm a year? I'm surprised. I mean, I know he's a, an excellent pitcher, and he has been, but he's getting up there. No trash cans anymore. 37 yeah, years old. What's he going to do with that trash can? Although that's from the oh, hitting that's side. Yeah, right maybe they got, one, maybe they got some know. type of... Chime or a something. Decoy trash yeah. can. Thirty-seven years old and still a top three pitcher in all of baseball, according to Buster Olney. And Incredible. married to Kate Upton. Not That's a good bad point. Life. That might get him number two. Yeah. Uh, number one in my eyes. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. The Junk Drawer is next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's dive into the junk drawer on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, would you like to kick us off on a Monday afternoon? Yeah, I got a question for both of you guys, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce this properly, but have either of you heard of Calcio Storico? No, I haven't, but I loved that pronunciation. Yeah, you sounded sexy right. with it. Whereas it's Italian. I got a little bit of that in me. But now, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Picture. Picture. Rugby meets handball meets mm. UFC. Physical. Okay. This, sounds like a Jamie Rivers yeah, sport. Yeah, it sounds like a Rivers. I like, can't believe hobby. I've never heard of this, okay? It goes on in Florence, Italy. It's a yearly thing. Two teams are on the field, 27 players on each side, and they're allowed to straight out fist fight with each other for 50 minutes while attempting to score goals in a net with an NBA-sized ball. Now, if you go to YouTube and you pull this up, they show these guys it's like a brawl. It's like a scene out of Braveheart, but for real. Guys are getting kicked in the head and punched and choked out while another guy's running down the field trying to throw a ball in a net. So sounds... what's the is the ball like? Are we talking basketball or football? It's or... like a basketball, but they're trying to throw it into a net, like a soccer net type gotcha. looking thing, right? But you're trying so it's to do like that. Quidditch. But you're all From you're, Harry Potter. You're trying to run down <laughs> the field while getting Rooms. punched in the face. Kicked in the back. 
punched in the gut. <laughs> Imagine that, right? It sounds like a sport that Jamie Rivers was born to play. Oh, I don't know, guys. Sounds like a sport I want to see BK participate in. No, you don't. Listen, I'm telling you what, <laughs> watching these videos and these highlights of this stuff, like this is just straight up like hospital bills coming. Guys are not even hey. watching and they're getting suckered in the if side of the head. there's one thing I know, Italians love a good brawl. Well, That's this a is point, a yearly right? thing, and it's, tradi- it's a tradition, and this guy goes on to talk about it and says, this is Florence, Italy. This, we don't have Florence, Italy without this sport, and this year they've had to cancel the big championship because why. of COVID, but I can't imagine why 27 guys fist fighting on a field yeah. would be a bad idea. You can idea. spread COVID that way? You can, so maybe. it's one game a year, or there's like a season between multiple it's, teams in this? From what I guess is that there's a season, but the final is the big one and the final is the reds and the whites that face off at the end of this thing i guess it's the way they do it i'm listen guys i'm literally learning the about reds this and the whites on the fly there is a, a show on netflix that goes through this whole thing i thought it was a joke at first when i heard about it and then i pulled it up and i'm like this is real so speaking of getting into fights jamie rivers have you ever challenged your son to an arm wrestling competition. I have never challenged them. They've challenged me several times. Have you times. ever lost in the arm wrestling competition? Not yet. Not yet. They're working on it. What's the reaction going to be when Jamie Rivers loses his first arm wrestling competition to his son? Well, they cheated. There's no way they did that, honestly. It had to be a cheating factor. Yeah, no? Juiced. Or maybe so a little pop in the nose. You're probably... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> interesting Just you said that. Oh, my hand slipped. <laughs> So it's very interesting you mentioned that. Okay. A 55-year-old father lost to his juvenile son multiple times in arm wrestling over the weekend. The father became agitated because, of course, naturally, whenever you lose that. The two got into a physical fight. Oh, boy. The father grabbed his gun and fired two shots into the ceiling. Oh, no. The son ran upstairs. Deputies were dispatched. Of course, there was a little bit of alcohol involved. It's about one o'clock in the morning. The deputies get to their place. Nobody was harmed in this situation. I should add that in here. But the dad was so angry at the fact that his son had finally beat him in arm wrestling. It was time to go. Guarantee his son's never going to ask to arm wrestle again. Did we get an age disclosure on how old the kid is? Uh, it does not say how old so the son the is. Just is that it is a juvenile. 55 years okay, old. So you got to think probably somewhere in his mid 20s to late 20s, maybe, or at least well, 20. What if, what if he decided to have some action when he was late in his late 40s? Yeah, but I'm trying to think of the embarrassment factor. Here. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like if the kid was seven, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's gun worthy. That's pretty bad. It, it, I don't think anything's gun worthy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, totally. However, it's worthy of being upset. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, holding your breath and stomping your feet, maybe, okay? But yeah, I, I, no, I don't see how this could happen. I don't really care. Like, if I lose an arm wrestling to my kids, I'm going to laugh it off and be like, yeah, you finally got me. Good. Now go my get dad, me a beer. My dad just claims I cheated no matter what. Yeah, well, I cheated. It's the next option. It was far more embarrassing, I would imagine, for him to have to pay the $5,000 cash bond <laughs> to get out of jail for having gotten into a, an altercation with the son after losing 
the arm wrestling competition yeah. than it was to actually lose the arm wrestling competition itself. That would be embarrassing for sure. And oh, we got a text here from Joey Vitale. Oh, Big baby. Joey. He says uh, that uh, the fighting game is unreal. It's in Florence. Guys are warriors. So Joey Vitale, he knows what's going on. Joey needs to get in on that. And uh, apparently, yeah, we have uh, we have a couple of fans in here. 618. There are four teams. Each year, there's a semifinal and a final. There is no season involved. Mm. What do you think their injury report looks like? I don't know. I, I, Fabrizio IR, can't play because his ribs are in his freaking lungs. I would also, full body injury. It's the FB. I would also <laughs> love to know what the, the FBI, <laughs> what the selection process looks like for something like this. You got to comb the local bars after closing. Yeah, they got to break out a lead pipe and break both kneecaps and see if you can still fight. Like, what's the what's the combine for this, right? The NFL combine, the NHL combine, NBA. What's the process to get into a league like take this? them into a bar in the basement of some type of illegal underground gambling place and you just let them have at it. They got a whole bar full of grappa and they just mm. down that stuff like crazy yeah. and then get after and it. And then whoever is standing at the end of the night, you're on the team. That's craziness, man. That's I'm going to watch the Netflix thing for sure. I'm booking our tickets to Florence right now, VK. <laughs> we're going to play. Let's get drafted. Yeah, we're getting in. I do have one other story for you, Jamie, <laughs> okay. here in the junk drawer. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about these Zooms that have gone wrong, right? Oh, yeah. We've had city council members that have mistakenly been naked on them. We had Monica Lewinsky, who had a little bit of a scandal with it after she was saying that she was in no bra on mm-hmm. the on the Zoom meeting in a, a private message. lady that chugged a beer while on there. We've had a lot of issues with the Zoom calls and people having to resign. Well, they have continued. Nice. A man is now offering to resign after showering during a live video meeting. <sighs> what? So wait a minute. Okay, fill me in, please, because there's so many questions. Bernardo Bustillo mistakenly left his video on while attempting to multitask while showering and listening to the online meeting. He didn't realize that the streaming was still taking place and that his video was still on. He thought he was on the audio only category, so he could put himself on mute. He could listen to the meeting. He could basically get away with being at the meeting. Well, not really being at the meeting, going ahead and taking his shower. Didn't realize that everybody could see everything while he was on the meeting. Maybe he was bragging. Yeah, I was saying that he was an Italian once again. He was probably very from Spain, actually. Oh, well. Never mind. He's sitting there with us. He's like bragging. Yeah, he's like, hey, I didn't know my video was on. <laughs> but the <laughs> ladies like what you see? <laughs> to that to that point, okay. At this point of the Zoom call era, do you not take your laptop right. or your your computer and put a little piece of tape over the camera or even just turn it towards the wall? Right. It, I, I yeah. feel like some of these are getting to the place of being ridiculous. Yeah. They're accidentally on purpose. In this, I'm convinced. In this era, the piece of tape should always stay on the camera unless you want to be seen. Then you take that off. We've had too many of these to not know that it's a possibility. I, I don't like Monica Lewinsky's was a little different because she was in a situation where she was trying to direct message somebody and it went to the whole group. Was okay. she trying to message Clinton? <laughs> Stop that. Just checking. That's hey. a little bit different. <laughs> Is it? He did not have sexual relations with that woman, Rip. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex <laughs> Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. The voices in the room are finally taking leadership. We'll tell you about it next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. 
Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. So I was going to talk about the voices in the room taking leadership for baseball. Got something else to talk about now. There are now reports coming out of Texas for the Texas Rangers. Now, Joey Gallo has tested positive for COVID-19. We expected stuff like this to happen. We all knew that there were going to be players that eventually tested positive, especially players that are in hotspots like Dallas right now, where they're not being quarantined anywhere. They're amongst the people. Joey Gallo, one way or another, ended up testing positive for COVID-19. The interesting part is what I'm about to tell you. On June 29th, he tested positive. It's July 6th. He did a follow-up test on the 30th, and that test came back negative. He waited 48 hours, and on the 2nd of July, he tested positive. That test just came back yesterday on the 5th. He's asymptomatic. He's quarantining at home, so I'm guessing all should be good. I I would assume he has not been at the Rangers camp because he had that initial positive test, and I think you need two straight negatives to be able to return. But this is part of the problem for baseball is he got a positive test all the way back on June 29th, and just now it has been confirmed the second time from a test that he did the second last Thursday by Sunday. There's a backlog on a lot of this stuff. So when we talk about how it's going to be 14 days or whatever that these guys are on the IL, whatever the COVID-19 list is that they're going to go with, CO. It it could be even longer than that if it takes this long for them to get the results back. That's a 3 or 4 day backlog on each of these tests. Well, how damaging a bit of a can problem. it be too in that amount of time? Like if they test Negative. So obviously we're seeing it flip-flop kind of all over the place here. And they've talked about false positives, false negatives. To me, the false negatives are way more dangerous. 100%. For obvious reasons, right? Because the guy goes to the field, tests negative. No big deal. We're going to hang out. Hey, boys, yeah, we're just going to stay in tonight. We'll have a couple of beers in so-and-so's apartment. Test positive two days later. That's a great point, because let's say that this went the other way, right? Let's say that Joey Gallo actually tested negative on the 29th and then positive on the 30th. Well, because he tested negative on the 29th, he was allowed to go out onto the field with all of his teammates. Mm-hmm. And now he has spread it around all of those teammates if they weren't doing the social distancing or they're not wearing their masks. And now there is what they're calling community spread, right? Where maybe you've got four or five other guys that a week later test positive for COVID because Joey Gallo was able to get out there from a false negative test result. And it came the next day, so the sequencing here is really important, and it ended up going out into the benefit of everybody, frankly. But if it were the opposite direction, where the first one was negative and the second one was positive, even though they both should have been positive, that's where these issues come into effect. Is This testing stuff is going to be hugely important for us to be able to have baseball back, and I... This is making me worried for all sports. All sports, it's going to be like a nice big cornfield that you run through the cornfield, except there's landmines everywhere. You better be careful. It's really concerning. And at least for hockey and basketball, you're in a bubble or something resembling a bubble. And so you've got fewer factors from the outside that are going to... Fewer games. Then fewer teams each 10 days. Fewer variables in general that you're introducing into this experiment, basically. More contact, though. 
more contacts, but at least those guys aren't going into the outside world nearly as much as with baseball players. And so you hope that because of that, there's less opportunity to bring the virus into the bubble. Mm-hmm. And then whenever it does get inside, you then hope again, and that's a significant word here, that you're able to catch it right away, nip it in the bud, and now you move forward without it being able to be spread to other teammates or people within the organization. Baseball is the one that the the more this the further this goes, I I don't know how this can possibly end. I'm with Buster Olney. I, I don't know how you can possibly make it to the end of the season. One thing, too, we forgot to mention earlier, or we didn't get time to, rather, when we were talking about the NHL and their return-to-play program, their protocols and all that stuff. One of the mandates is that if the players are out of their room and not on the ice, they have to wear a mask. 24-7, except if you're on the ice or I guess working out and whatever, and they're going to have certain reserved workout times for guys. But after that, they're mandating that these guys wear masks everywhere. So again, another step. Like, I haven't heard the NBA say that. I certainly haven't heard Major League Baseball say that. I'm wondering here, like, at what point is there you know, a clue-in day where you go, yeah, you know, maybe we should rethink all of this. We're having that now in St. Louis. If you or me or Ferrario goes to the store right now, we're mandated to wear a mask because we're going to be close to other people. And it has been proven scientifically, not stuff that I know, but scientifically, they tell me, they tell you, you should wear a mask and it prevents the spread at least a little bit. And so that's that helps. Yeah. Let's go ahead and wear the mask. That's fine by me. I can figure that out. Right. <laughs> Same thing for the players. If it helps prevent this thing from getting worse, to, uh, worse amongst the players. Let's go ahead and wear the masks in the hotel rooms, whenever you're getting ready to go to the ballpark, wherever. Just wear it to make this a little bit easier. Speaking of wearing the masks and being able to police yourselves, I really liked listening to Adam Wainwright and Andrew Miller in particular yesterday as they were talking with the media about how they can make this a little easier. A little more likely to be able to finish the season. Let's first start with what Wayno had to say, because I thought his message was one that really resonated with me of being, okay, that that's what I was hoping to hear from Adam Wayne right, right about now. The message from Yadier and myself and Dexter and Weeders and Andrew Miller and Carp was, listen, if we see y'all stepping out of line, we're going to let you know about it really quick because uh, there's no room for selfishness right now during this part of the season where everything has to go just perfect for us to play. So there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of livelihoods at stake. There's a lot of enjoyment at stake for fans that are going to watch. And, you know, y'all need stuff to write about. So there's a, there's a lot of people that are, uh, have stuff riding on what we're doing right now. And so it's very important that we, that we do what we said earlier. We, we talk about uh, being careful, being safe, controlling what we can control and, and not going too crazy for three months. We're talking about for three months, you know, after three months, we can't dictate what you're doing anymore, but for three months, we need everybody to kind of be good soldiers. That's what has to happen. It can't be from the top to the bottom. It has to be inside of that clubhouse. If they're not policing this amongst themselves, it's not going to work. It's not going to. Jamie, you've been in those locker rooms. You know the best locker rooms in the world, at least the ones that I've been around, are the ones where it's not the coach that has to say anything to any of the players. The players do it themselves. They get it done among their their teammates, and they will make sure that everything's policed. Hearing that from Wayno yesterday, we'll see how it happens, but hearing that from Wayno yesterday is exactly what I wanted to hear from one of the leaders on this club. Yeah, that's what you want to hear from your veteran guy and probably one of your biggest leaders. Yachty certainly being the other guy with the Cardinals and it's all great to hear it 
but I'm still worried. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be real here with with everybody is you're still going to have, you know, 30 days into this. Someone's going to be like, I'm sick of this. I love you, Wayno, but I'm going to get a beer with so-and-so, you know, probably not going to tell him that he's doing it, (laughs) but he's just going to go and do it. And that's where it's going to be tough. You can self-police all you want. BK, but it comes down to each and every individual policing themselves. And if you can't do that, then you got a problem. And Wayno, though, I like the example he's setting, and he's sending a clear message right away to the young guys or to the other guys on the team. Hey, listen, this is what we have to do. So guess what? I'm going to be watching and monitoring what's going on here because I have a lot more at stake. End of his career coming up, whether it's this year, next year, whatever it is, I don't think Wayno wants it to go out like that where the team is, you know, infected and they can't participate the right way and it just ends up being a sideshow for them. So I do like the message. I just hope that the guys are all ears when guys like Wayno talk. Andrew Miller's been involved in all of the conversations this offseason as one of the leaders within the Major League Baseball Players Association. He also spoke yesterday about what Jamie was just talking about. It's up to the players to be able to make this possible. I don't want to be the one that brings down a, a season in which billions of dollars of people's livelihoods. And this is, you know, that goes beyond player salary and and owner's earnings. You know, we have people in this room that are relying on a baseball season, I assume to, to make ends meet. So it's, uh, there's a lot of responsibility. And, you know, I think that there's going to be a little bit of luck to be completely honest in my opinion, but the responsibility part if somebody doesn't, if guys don't take that seriously, I don't think we have any chance. It's on all of them. It's on all of them. It's on Colton Wong. It's on Yadier Molina. It's on Dexter Fowler and Dylan Carlson and everybody in between. If they're not able to police themselves, and even then, like Andrew Miller said, there's some luck that's going to be involved as well. But if they're not able to police themselves off the field when they're away from Bush Stadium or whichever city they're in when they're away from the away ballpark, that's when this starts to go downhill. And if they're able to police themselves, they've got a much better shot of being able to get it done if they're not able to police themselves then there's a zero percent chance of them getting it done the key to this being successful is the teams and the organizations themselves keeping the players busy okay and what i mean by that is when you get on the road mandatory meal when we get in meeting tonight at 10 30 we're going to have a pitching video or a hitting video whatever we're going to do right in the morning we got a team breakfast we're going to go over one more thing strategy go over the batting order whatever you just continuously keep these guys busy so that their window of opportunity is so small that they'd really, really, really be stretching it to get out and do something stupid. That's why it's so disappointing that they didn't decide on a bubble city because uh, the more and more you look at what the NHL put together for their bubble city, the more you feel like if there's going to be success, it's going... I mean, the NHL has their protocols of testing on specific restaurants and bars that the players are being able to go to. Nobody comes in and out. They are scheduling excursions for the players at golf courses where those employees are being tested. Yeah, I was going to say, and they're mentioning that these on-site employees are also going to be tested, which I haven't heard anywhere else. Yeah, they're going to be in that bubble, too, where they're not allowed to leave or go anywhere other than where the, the NHL has allowed them to. Of the bubbles, the NHL clearly has the best one. Yep. They have, would be K. They, have, they have done the best. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's going to work. That doesn't mean they're going to be able to finish. But they have the best plan to be able to get there as of as of today. And we'll see. I'm sure there's going to be once there's scrutiny that has been put on their plan, there's going to be some things that kind of fall a little flat. I'm sure for sure. But 
it's better than what we've seen from the NBA so far, and it's better, certainly, than what we're seeing, which is really no plan for Major League Baseball. And if we know one thing, Rivs, BK doesn't just throw the best around very often. No, he doesn't. So Very selective. So if he's calling the NHLs the best, we know it's one of many that are the best. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, few. That's what I meant, few. Hold on. We know one thing about BK, the best. It's one of few. Chris Bryant just had some comments about wanting to play this year and how he doesn't think it's safe anymore. Better to forget it. We're going to see a lot of players that are dropping out of this league here pretty soon. 65780 is air comfort service tax line for a game of better to forget it next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's bet it or forget it. There are some quotes coming out from Chris Bryant right now that aren't particularly inspiring. This one comes from Pedro Gomez of ESPN. Quote, I wanted to play this year because I honestly thought it would be safe. I don't really feel that anymore. End quote. Chicago's about to turn on you, Chris. Bet it or forget it's it, Jamie. Anyway. It's true it is. Bet it or forget it. We're about to see a lot of baseball players dropping out of this season if things don't get any better in the next 48 hours. I'm going to bet it, and I'm also going to point the finger right at the baseball players. Like, you guys, you you dug your heels in so much in this negotiation with the owners that you cut off your nose in spite of your face. Like, you're sitting It's easy here, for us to do. It's, uh, we got a lot of nose left in this room. But that being said... Like you did, you had the option. You guys fought and fought and fought to stay in your own cities and to keep life normal. And this is where we're headed now. Now, the players are going to start bowing out left and right, and it's going to be like the owners. If I was the owners, I, then I'd be pissed. I'd be like, you guys, like really? And, and if you had a player with it as the players, or if you had a problem with it, if you're the players, you approved that 130-page document that came out that labeled every single area. Yeah, the players are not blameless in this. I will agree with that part of things. But the testing protocol hasn't been followed. They agreed to something that is not taking place right now that Major League yeah, Baseball was supposed to sign of off season, for. season, BK, if this is what we're looking at right now, like, what are we going to be looking at on a daily basis in Major League Baseball? Well, and that was the unknown variable, too, going into this. Like, they didn't know that you were going to get these results back. I mean, just take a take a pulse of the world right now. Nobody's getting their, their results back right away, so that's not going to be any different for baseball. I understand, Should but be. baseball was supposed to be different. Means. Yeah, it was supposed to be different. They're paying for their own testing site, and it was supposed to be rapid results. It hasn't been that. And in some cases, they haven't even gone to the ballparks to take the tests. They haven't shipped them in time. So these are things that players, there's no way they could have foreseen these issues. That being said, part of the reason why it's harder to test for them is because they're in 26 different cities. If they did the NBA's plan where they were in one or the NHL's plan where they are in two, it is much easier to consolidate all of that testing, do it in one site, ship it off together. Get it to that place. Boom, you've got the results yep. quicker. Yep. It's easier. They don't have fewer. crews traveling around then to do all the testing. And I don't know how they're doing it exactly, but I can't I have a hard time imagining that they're going to have somebody in every city doing it. They're probably going to have an area of right. the country that they're doing. 100%. So do the players deserve some blame? Absolutely. 
we as a um, a society also deserve some blame because of the circumstances that I'm are not taking, taking place. The blame for those guys. <laughs> this is your fault, Riz. Forget Around you America guys. right I'm now. I'm not taking the blame. And the owners certainly deserve some of the blame as well for what is taking place right now with this testing protocol. Let's just let's just blame Rob. Rob, it's your fault. Six five seven eight zero is the air comfort service text line for better or forget it, guys. I got another breaking news story here. The Premier League just confirmed zero positive COVID tests from nineteen hundred people that were tested in their twelfth round of testing. Better or forget it. America is going to be the only one without pro sports this year. Oh, that's <laughs> well, brutal. I'm going to forget that because you just threw a blanket out there over all sports, and I, I do think. I do think we're going to get some sports. Well, technically we have, right? Golf. Well, we do. We got NASCAR. NASCAR. We got golf. We got UFC. UFC. Yeah. So we're the not... only one without the major professional team sports. There we go. Yeah. I will clarify. Good point. But Take even two. then, even then, I'm going to forget it because I think that we will have sports. Now, will we have complete seasons? Yeah, debatable. But I do think we're going to have sports. Yeah, I think we're going to see. Like I, I, we're, I truly believe we're going to see some type of hockey. Now, does that go the whole the way through? I don't know. Football is continuing to guarantee there's going to be a season with fans. We're going to see something. They're going to will it to happen. Yeah, I just don't know what it's going to look like and how long it's going to last. I think I'm going to forget it as well. Maybe this is just me being optimistic on a Monday afternoon. But I'm hopeful that at least one of the NBA or NHL is going to be able to pull this off. At least one of them. If you were to bet on that, so bet it or forget it. The NBA is the only league to pull it off. I'd probably take the NHL over oh, the I was NBA. Say, I'd forget that, too. I was, too. NHL. I, I wanted to play the PKs. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's LeBron, LeBron love, love here, you I know? Gotcha. Yeah. I think I'd take the NHL. All right. I, I told you guys this a little bit ago. I think they have the best plan so far. And I don't throw that word around No, he doesn't. Casually. Nope. It's not, not at all. It's very it's important word. Speaking of LeBron James, you know we had to bring him up at least once today. Well, I knew it was coming. I figured I'd get ahead of it. Yeah. Better to forget <laughs> it. LeBron James could do at least one round in the ring with modern day Mike Tyson. Are you out of your is, mind? Is this an actual question? I, the Action Network asked this on Twitter last night. I went ahead and favorited it. I wanted to make sure that we discussed it today on the show. LeBron and Iron Mike step into the ring. How many Browns would LeBron James last? Is 0.5. Yeah. Can you the go The first time Tyson got in on him, it's all over. I mean, it's all over, man. Like, I seriously. Here, here's how I see this playing out. LeBron has an entrance to the ring like Apollo Creed in Rocky IV. And as soon as Mike Tyson steps into the ring, LeBron's out of the ring and back in the locker room. Oh, he's going to flop to the ground. Yeah. I've seen him oh, do yeah. it a thousand he'll get times. A, he'll get a cramp or something and have to be carried out of the ring. No, but this isn't even funny, to be honest. Like, Mike Tyson deserves a little more respect than this. Even at the age of 53 or whatever the heck he is, 50-something, She's still a killer in that ring. And LeBron has not, there's not enough ring yeah. in there to run for Mike Tyson. How much time does LeBron have to train for this? Who cares? Give I him a decade. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Well, I guess not a decade. Tyson would be 63. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Give you, him a year. I don't think okay. I, I don't think he left. There's no chance, BK. Do you know what the reach advantage is for LeBron what, James? Okay, have you seen the guys that Tyson has fought in the past with a reach advantage on him? Yeah, but you can reach all you want, but the dodging, the, the ducking, and then getting at the body with Mike Tyson is Mike where it is. Tyson is famous for a quote that he says. Everybody's got a plan. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. Amen. And for LeBron James, it may not even be the face first. Have you seen Mike Tyson? His combinations always oh, yeah. start with the body. 
body. Yeah. He gets in underneath that reach just once. LeBron hangs a jab out there oh, yeah. for just a split second too long. Broken He's going to be split, uh, spitting blood, and then he's going to be out cold. LeBron is faster. Oh he's six foot nine. Is this really happening? I can't he's even believe this. 250, BK, 260 pounds. Momentum on the text line. DK, I have to, buddy. You are one pathetic loser. Bet it. He could last a round. Oh, There's my no gosh. There's no, no round. No. He, he doesn't would, last 60 seconds. There's he would no chance. not get knocked out in a round. Okay, BK, you know the only thing you have going for you with this take is that <laughs> we're that? never going to see it. Okay, because LeBron wouldn't <laughs> dare set foot in that arena ever to do this exact challenge. So that's the only thing you have going for you. Otherwise, I'm seriously planning a, a psychiatric evaluation yeah, for you yourself. Might, you might need it. 65780 is the air comfort service sex line for better or forget it. Jamie, I don't know if you saw this weekend, but Kanye West is running for president, ladies and gentlemen. I heard that. Better to forget it. Kanye West being elected president of the United States would be the most 2020 story of all time. <laughs> well, based on the fact that the current government has no idea or actual registration from Kanye that he's actually going to run for president. Um, yeah, it, it well, actually, I'd probably bet that. I'm trying to think of it who would the be most... the most 2020 thing to ever happen. I'm trying to think of the most 2020 thing to happen that would be in. in... That, that's I mean we've that's had cherry on top. We've had murder hornets. We've had a global pandemic. We've had sandstorms. We have. Oh yeah. We've yeah. had asteroids that were apparently yeah. on their way to Earth Dust at storm. one point. Yeah. 2020's got to go. Kanye would just cap it in November. Imagine right before New Year's. I'd like Eve. to hear his strategy though, for real. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want to hear that honestly. <laughs> It'd be a heck of a song, no. It would be a heck of a song. I love Kanye West's music. Musically, I'm a big fan of Kanye West. Now, d- does he need to be president? No, no, I'm I'm okay on that. No, but musically, I'm a big fan of one Kanye West. I, I can I can't say that I'm a big fan. I'll say that I'm a fan of some of his music, but I'm not a big fan. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. Well, I'll be all low and on an island. I'm perfectly comfortable can, over here. It's kind of where I tend to be on this show. You can sit there with Kanye's music and LeBron losing in the ring. Okay, come on. Come on. At Jamie Rivers, he's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. John Mozeliak gave an update yesterday on what we should expect from Dylan Carlson this year. We'll let you hear it next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. What I do know is, is we have some outfielders with a little more time and a little bit more experience that we've got to find out what we have with Lane Thomas, have to find out what we have with Mr. O'Neill. But, you know, it's, at some point, Dylan may get an opportunity, but I just don't know when. Talking to Fox Sports Midwest, giving his latest update on when we can expect Dylan Carlson. And Jamie, I've come around with you on this. <laughs> First of all, I fully anticipate, and I've been on this side, if we're talking about what will happen versus what I think should happen, I don't think Carlson's going to be on the opening day roster. And oh, I think, that's not what you said before, BK. I, I think he should have. Oh, you should argued with tape? me. You were blue in the face. I said he should have been up. Very no. different than will be. Oh, up. no, you told me how it was going to work. You said Dylan Carlson will absolutely be there from the start because he deserves You're it. The worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. I did so, hear absolutely Alex, with BK. And I, he did say yeah, that. I did hear absolutely. You're the worst. The place that I want to go today is not with Dylan Carlson, though. 
It's with, okay, let's say that he's going to start the season down in this taxi squad situation where he get, he doesn't get the service time the first week. They add on the extra year at the mm-hmm. back end. They manipulate a service time that way. Smart baseball. I, I get it. It is what it is. I think the guy I want to see in left field is Lane Thomas. We've talked a lot about this Tyler O'Neill versus Lane Thomas situation, and I think they're going to go with Tyler O'Neill. Based on all the reporting that we hear from the guys that cover the team a little more closely than we do, I think they're going to want to see what Tyler O'Neill and that power can do in this lineup. I would rather they go with Lane Thomas. I think Lane Thomas is more of the quintessential Cardinal. I say that because he's a guy that can hit for average. He hits for on base, or he he gets on base. He's got a little bit of power. He can play just about anywhere in the outfield if you need him to. And he's good defensively while also being good on the bases. He's the guy that, to me, fits with this roster a lot better than Tyler O'Neill do, does. And I haven't seen what it looks like. I can make the case that I know what a Tyler O'Neill 60-game season looks like. We've seen it twice. It's okay. It's not something that I feel like I need to see again. I would rather see Lane Thomas play the entire season this year in left field if that is my choice of is Lane Thomas versus Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And I think, you know, John Mosaylock has said it before that they really missed Lane Thomas last year, specifically in September and after his injury. But we're going to see Tyler O'Neill. The reason we're going to see Tyler O'Neill is because Marcelo Zuna is gone. They've lost a pretty big bat in the order. And they, whether they believe that O'Neill can fill that void or not, I still think they feel like there's more there in Tyler O'Neill. I think that they're hoping, maybe they don't know it, but they're hoping that there's pop off that bat more often, that he's made some adjustments, that he's done some extra work. I don't know how he could have, but you never know, okay? But to me, and, and Alex, you can jump in on this, to me, I think they're going to explore that possibility as much as they can before they move on to Lane Thomas and then as much as they can before they move on to Dylan Carlson. I've I've been on this Tyler O'Neill train before we found out about the postponement of the season because they continued to tell us Cardinals being that we got to find out what our options are and Tyler O'Neill has been in the organization long well just as long as Lane Thomas in terms of in baseball. I'm not so sure about that, though. Like, I, I can see now with this DH position, the Cardinals know what Tyler O'Neill is defensively. He's a very good corner outfielder. They don't know what that bat is, and they need at-bats for Tyler O'Neill. If you were to ask me who the better defender is between Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neill, I'd put Lane Thomas because yeah. Lane Thomas has got speed. Lane Thomas has, has a bigger Isn't arm. is Lane Thomas so center field as well? He he's play he's played corner outfield okay. in Memphis, so All he right. can do any of that. I thought I heard he was center fielder. I better so. <laughs> he can play center. Like if yeah. Bader, if Bader's bat doesn't play this year, Lane Thomas will probably move. To That's center. my caveat with all of this. It, it, Harrison Bader is just as much in a trial for the season as Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas is. But he, is he in a Mike Schilt team? He is in terms of his role on the team. If if Harrison Bader's bat does not play, which I forgot who asked him the question on Friday in the Zoom meeting. Did he actually bring a bat this year? <laughs> well, it looked like he did because I think he had it upside down last big. year. Yeah, were, he was going the opposite direction. That was the batting. That was the batting stance with that one. But look, if Harrison Bader's bat doesn't play then they're going to use Bader as a defensive replacement, a Bader as an extra innings legs to put on the base paths mm-hmm. in that overtime situation now. But then Lane Thomas becomes your everyday center fielder and a Tyler O'Neill or a Dylan Carlson. So there's moving parts, but I think they want Lane Thomas in the outfield because of his bat. Tyler O'Neill has played 120 games for the Cardinals thus far in the big leagues. 
And those 120 games, he has nearly 300 plate appearances. Do you know how many homers and doubles combined in those 300-ish plate appearances he has? Doubles and homers combined, 300 plate appearances. 44. 57. 25. He has 11 doubles wow. and 14 homers. Got you, yeah. We were proud on that one, weren't we? <laughs> Yikes. Let's go with the Canadian. Dang it. He has 110 strikeouts and 25 extra base yeah, hits. Yeah, but he's trying. I, I don't need to see that guy every day in left field. Can, why, can I mix him in? Can I get him a, a pinch hit here and there? Sure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm fine with him being so on the roster. you're moving on right away. You're like not even considering it. I'm more intrigued by Lane Thomas than I am by Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, but Tyler O'Neill's upside is there. It's in it, granted, I'm not trying to what defend him. What did he hit him. in the minors? His, well, his minors numbers, I mean, he was sensational. Did he sensational. just demolish it? Yeah, he yeah. crushed so, it. Like, I think that's the that's the snag right there. And he's been hurt but in Major League. But we see this all the time I know, with guys that are 4A players. I know. But what better time than to sit there and say, okay, Tyler, you've been hurt in the past three seasons in Major Leagues. You haven't made it a full season. You have 60 games, a a smaller sample size season to go out there and show us you could be an everyday Major Leaguer. And if you can't... That's it. Heck, I'd say you got 20 games to show me some spark. But what I mean is you have a season to stay yeah. healthy and be an everyday outfielder. Because if you can't, then shame on us because we've given all of these opportunities. And you have guys on your heels. I just would rather see Tyler own, or Lane Thomas rather get that, get that opportunity. I, I think the potential with him, we always say the upside with Tyler O'Neill is so great. Is it really? Because I think it's the, the attraction to the, the power yeah, that could be there. The home run. And with this team, with this organization, I don't know that that's the way they're building things. And maybe I'm wrong here, and Tyler O'Neill is going to be this fantastic player that ends up being a cornerstone for them moving forward. But wouldn't you rather have a guy that hits well for average, gets on base in a consistent way, get, has Depends. power? Where is your power going to come from in the, in the lineup then? Like you've got Goldschmidt that has that power possibility. Uh, down year last year for Goldie, but we know that Paul he's DeYoung. like he, it puts more pressure on DeYoung to be that power guy that, for okay, sure. So but, then back to my original point on this is now you're isolating two bats in the lineup and you're like, okay, boys, the pressure's on. Good luck. Like that's what you're counting on. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that pressure's already on for, for well, a lot of At least of last guys. year they had Ozuna who could bring some pop too, and that's a third bat. You know, like you don't want to have too much pressure on a couple of guys because then the pitching gets so good around those guys that those guys never see the good pitches. Well, the question is, can they handle the pressure? Because you're you're isolating Paul DeYoung, who, yes, that pressure is going to be on. Paul Goldschmidt, that pressure is going to be on. Matt Carpenter, that pressure is going to be on to, to, to show that power for you. And then to be honest, I think that pressure is going to go on a Dylan Carlson because if Tyler O'Neill's not hitting and Lane Thomas isn't hitting and Harrison Bader isn't hitting, everyone's focused on Dylan Carlson to be the savior. 65780 is the air comfort service text line from the 314. Compare Tyler O'Neill's stat- to Harrison Bader's stats and look at which one is more impressive there. Harrison needs to be the odd man out, in my opinion. The thing that's going to help Bader in all of this is his defense. Yes. Because Tyler O'Neal, while he has been said to be a very good outfield defender, has not always shown that in the big leagues. Now, in the minors, they tell us he's been fantastic down there, never had any issues in AAA as a defender. He's been just okay in the big leagues. Harrison Bader's been fantastic defensively Did, in the big leagues. Bader nearly 
be in the conversation or win the rookie of the year his first year he was solely, in the conversation. solely off of his defense. Solely off the defense, yeah. So, I mean, like, that just tells you there, you're not going to see an O'Neal in the field. But has O'Neal really gotten a solid chance, guys? No. Like, you know, you look back at the consistent number of starts that he's gotten. Yeah, he's gotten what, however many plate appearances you talked about, but has it really been in a consistent stretch of time? I don't know if he has. Yeah. Do we think he's going to get that this year? Because well, even it's going to be weird this year, right? And yeah. so if we're looking at it that way, I know what he looks like when he's not getting consistent at bats, and it ain't that great to me. And so if I can now see what it looks like for Lane Thomas, and we got another text from the five seven three BK, you're making a lot of assumptions on Lane Thomas based on forty plate appearances. Absolutely, well, that's and that's why I want to see baseball. more. Right. I, I want to see more of it. His forty plate appearances. Looked like something that I want to see more of moving forward. Now, if he stinks this year and you get 40 more plate appearances and he goes two for 40, yeah, sit him on the bench, send him down to the taxi squad situation and move forward from that. If you had to do a power ranking of players you wanted to see in terms of outfielders for this season with Dexter Fowler, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill would be above Bader and Fowler, correct? I would put him there. I would go Bader above Tyler O'Neill. I'm really intrigued by what Bader can bring if he's simply an average hitter. How long now, he has to be there? Well, he he's already there. there. Well, how long are you there for though? Are you go, are you there for like five games and then it's okay? That's it. No, with Bader, I'm willing to give him the opportunity this year because he brings so much more to the table and the DH changes things for him. You don't now have two zeros at the bottom of your order. With the pitcher coming right after right. Bader, you now just have him. Right. And so I think that really, I think he's the guy that benefits more That's than amazing. anybody else on the roster because they have the DH this year. Well, and Rick Hummel made a great point the other day stating go look at Bader's numbers last year at the end of the season, Bader hitting in the nine hole. Him hitting in that nine spot, he was on base consistently. So if that's his area of expertise now with the DH, this might be prime opportune moments for Harrison Bader. Could be. And Tyler O'Neill, too, guys, to be fair to everything, this conversation, it's up to Tyler O'Neill to stay healthy. Yes. You know, I know some of that is out of his control, but some of it is absolutely in his control. He's got to stay healthy and give the Cardinals tough decisions, 100%. not easy outs with that. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 636. It sounds like BK f- picks his favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all, <laughs> we all pick our favorites? <laughs> yes, I, I Isn't do. Isn't that always the case? I, I do have my favorites uh, with basically every team that I watch on a consistent basis. I, I most certainly do. I have guys that I really enjoy watching and guys that I don't enjoy watching as much. One of those guys is Jack Flaherty. I really enjoy watching him pitch because he's really good at baseball. Yeah, so hopefully we get to see more of that moving forward. Hopefully baseball makes that possible. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. We'll cross things over with the fast lane next we're back to the ribs and bk podcast on 101 espn with former blue superstar defenseman jamie rivers and alex ferrario i'm brandon kiley superstar Chris Ranji in studio to cross things over today. Ranji, what's going on, man? How was hey, your 4th of July? Uh, you know, uneventful. Uh, how about I didn't blow off any digits. That's good. Whoa, that's positive. Got all my fingers, got my hands and toes. You a big firework guy? I don't I don't take you as a big firework guy. No, I'm general. an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But do you no, like just, the fireworks? Do you like watching fireworks? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think it's cool, like, you know, sit on the rooftop and, yeah, and yeah. look out over 
the the skyline and see a bunch of fireworks go up. Yeah, Ronj and I cool live very thing. different lives. Sit on the rooftop and look out over the skyline. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sit in the basement. Watch the Roman candle. Well, I'm watch, sorry, watch you keep grill, you peasant. Maybe you should get a rooftop. The people under the stairs. So no, Ronj- but seriously though, this is this is for real. I, I think you should get a roof. At some point, like over your house, or yeah, I agree. Like BK, at some point, having a roof is probably important. Things will look up to the point where you can have a roof. I I need the roof that I can sit on top of the way that you do, though. I mean, I would imagine that you've got the full. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't think I don't know if I'm supposed to be up there. Okay, well, we can move forward. Maybe we should stop talking about it. Should we guys want me to dump this? Do you have an electric fence around it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't tried to whiz on it. <laughs> Raj, what have you made one of, way to find out? What have you made of baseball's um, less than ideal last forty-eight hours with their testing protocols? Oh, oh God! <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a lot to be said about about all of it, and I I think what's going to wind up happening is people are going to blame MLB for it, and I'm sure they they deserve at least some of the blame for what happened over the weekend because Absolutely. They, because they're acting like. They didn't know FedEx didn't deliver over the holiday weekend. Okay, so then you didn't have a contingency plan for this weekend, which is like the first weekend everybody is supposed to be in camp. Don't you think you'd have a a plan for that? Of all places, though, too, okay, and we talked about it early in the show, and I just shook my head at this. The Angels. (laughs) The guys just didn't show up for some reason. And you got the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, who's running the bags with a mask on because he's certainly wanting to be careful. And he's right on that fence right now. He's teetering between playing or not playing. And then that's the one team where the guys "Ah, we will do that Monday. I don't know if that's a good strategy. Do you would think of all the people to show up on time, it would be the <laughs> testing people, right? Especially for the angels. I, this is uh, yeah. I I don't really understand why this occurred. Uh, I think there is a greater problem, and that we are we are sure. dealing with. Obviously, this country is, and I don't care what anybody texts in and says and gets mad. We are not doing well with the virus. We're just not compared to other countries. It is. It's not political. It's not me just making stuff up and pulling it out of thin air. The numbers are what the numbers are. We are not doing well, and Korea has done really well. The United Kingdom has done basically everybody really else. well. Yes. Well, the English Premier League just had zero positive Europe, tests. Europe generally is. Is doing well collectively they are doing well so we're trying to put sports so like we're trying and what sean doolittle said was it either yesterday or saturday about like we're you know sports should have been a reward for the functioning society you know we do what we need to do over the two and a half months and that means everybody it doesn't mean half the states or half the people in all the states it means everybody does their part do what you're supposed to do. Wear the mask. Be distant. Uh, and, and hopefully the, the government does the testing and tracing like it's supposed to, and we can isolate people who have tested positive. Those are the steps to get sports back cleanly. And we didn't do it. You know, some of us did it. Some states did it. Some people in some states did it. Everybody didn't do it, and now we're running into this. I agree with all of that, oh, with a little bit of a caveat, though, because they were still going to try. And I think that it was correct in trying to do so because of the money. And people don't want to talk about that part of it, but that's the only reason why they're coming back is because of the billions of dollars that are on the line for any of these leagues. And so I understand why they came back, and I think it was probably the right decision to do so for the players and for the league. But once you do decide to come back, the plan has to be there. 
And so that is well, where I do, I, I, do plan. I do blame <laughs> Major League Baseball absolutely for what took place over the weekend because that was on them. Now, yeah, the coronavirus, you're, right. you're absolutely correct. That's on everything else that's taking place across America right now. But the testing that was supposed to be in place, that's on Major League Baseball. There were protocols that were there that you implemented. You drew up this plan, right. and right. you didn't adhere to it in the first weekend of your teams being back on the field. It's not like this is week three, and you're like, ah, we're getting ready to start these games up. It'll, it'll be fine just over the weekend, right? No, it was the first week that they were on the field. The A's position players have not taken the field yet. Yeah. It's July sixth, and we're playing in twenty days. Now, what was the A's again? Refresh my memory. Was it just they didn't get the results back in time? Yeah, they haven't gotten any no, they results from. Right. Oh, I thought so they haven't tested. They, 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 no, the results and L.A. and Anaheim. The the tests haven't making it to Utah. Oh, yet. that's or right. It was Anaheim. To. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. All I know it. is that those are two cities that are <laughs> kind of in a hot spot that should probably have. The ability to get answers and testing. Yeah, we have teams that are delayed on their results. We have teams that did not receive the tests. Right. They had to administer them themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. That was the best. Angels. And then we had another team with the A's that their players, I think you're right, just haven't been tested yeah. yet. They're position players specifically. They just keep canceling because they're not testing. It's a mess. So, and that's on baseball. Yeah, and I, I, I do agree with that. There are multiple parts here. So... I would have expected once guys start to show up to camp and start... Look, most of these guys haven't been in their daily lives getting tested, right? They're probably not at home. What's going on over there? You Got okay? some big news to announce. Is it good news? It's really good news. I thought news. he was having a heart attack over here. Woo-hoo, here we go. Let me make sure this is You're 100% accurate. So this, this better be good. It's great dance moves. The Kansas City Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes have reached an agreement on... A 10-year extension keeping him in Kansas City through the 2031 football season. How about that, boys? What's Ten it? years. What do you think this is worth? Four uh, hundred million. After about two more years, probably not worth much. Well, when ten you, years. That ACL is going to be a. Uh, you know what? When it hits, you can't bring me down right now. You cannot bring me down. Ten years. So when you so when you subtract the year, they're not going to play this year. So it's a nine-year deal. Right? Absolutely, it's yeah. going to be great. Okay. <laughs> and then when they trade a mid-contract, yeah, there is him. no number high enough for this. Oh my god, that's spoken like a fan. Yeah, yeah. I expect I'm excited more. for you, buddy. And all I'm seriousness, really, though, really I, freaking excited for you. <laughs> how I'm excited, so Ronge? For you, I can't, Ronge. How excited? Well. I mean, if you had to rate it from one to Mitch Trubisky, how excited? Oh. Wait, is one bad? Is one is bad? Mitch bad? I'll let you decide that. Yeah, okay. I would say that would be flipped around. I think it's 10 to Mitch, right? Yeah. Okay, I, Mitch to 10. Mitch to 10. Can you imagine having two picks? Like, you have two choices. Like, <laughs> hey, you got to see, we could take we could take either the worst player in football or the best hey, player in football. Well, you guys, there was actually we three options. Yeah. There's also one of oh, the yeah. five or six, five or best, six quarterbacks best quarterbacks in football. In football. Hey, yeah, could, Tricky Nicky. Another, I'm on board with Nicky. that. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. There. I think ah, he's already his he's number. already used his tricks. Uh, well, he used his tricks a couple of years. Maybe ago. one more time. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm really happy for you, though. I I, I couldn't. <laughs> he be, can't even speak anymore. This, this could be worth out on him. <laughs> this could be worth four hundred and fifty million dollars, and it would be an underpay. Oh <laughs> this contract is going to be undervalued in three years. Twenty thirty one, buddy. That's incredible. That's incredible. Have a I fun hope, show today, Chris <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody's happy, man. Oh, I'm, I'm this is great. I'm really happy. 
This is great. <laughs> Fast Lane's coming up next from 2 to 6. I'm sure they've got more on Patrick Mahomes for you. You have been listening to the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN.